0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. Here on May nineteenth of twenty twenty-one, I am Nick, joined with Chris for manga discussion time.
1: Happy birthday, Nick! Okay, I'm very confused
0: <laughs> because. You said "Happy Birthday," <laughs> yeah, and then you started doing old lang syne.
1: <laughs> I think uh, I think the old uh, the old "Happy Birthday" song's still trademarked. It's not, you say? Oh well. <laughs> I just thought every song could be improved by adding old lang syne to it. I mean, you can also wish me happy birthday,
0: but. It- It's not my birthday. It's not
1: your birthday, Nick, but it's the Collective Wee's birthday. Oh, okay. It's 10 years, Nick!
0: Yeah, it took me a bit to figure (laughs) out what you're talking about. (laughs) Don't tell anyone that I'm bad at remembering dates. Uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) It is not exactly 10 years, but this is, I guess, Mm -hmm. the first episode after we passed 10 years of doing Weekly Manga Recap. And Nick, can you imagine yourself as a spry 22-year-old young young whippersnapper being asked, like, hey, why don't we just... Well, let me get my Chris voice at the time. What, Nick, why don't we just start doing this podcast?
0: Um. Yeah, and as, as I remember it, I was just immediately like, yeah, okay. Uh, it, it, I... I, I, I I don't think it was a very complicated uh, discussion to get things going at all.
1: No, so. I I believe we used to talk regularly in calls, and yeah. we used to just talk about every chapter that came out anyway of, like, you know, One Piece, Naruto, Bleach, and it was just a sense of, like, why don't we just do a podcast? <laughs> like, <laughs> we yeah. might as well at this point, we already do it, and uh, at the time, there weren't a ton of manga podcasts out there, and mm-hmm. ten years later, we're still doing it. Still kicking.
0: Yeah we We kind of got in on uh, the podcast game early enough that we got to like stake our flag um, before a lot of people did. Mm. And that's kind of like the main thing that we can pride ourselves on when there's all these other podcasts that are you know, way better. We were here first. (laughs) Back in my day, there weren't
2: 50 podcasts on every given topic and under the sun.
1: The the moment a new TV show comes out and there's like seven watch along podcasts with it, you're just like, you don't even know if it's good. It could suck.
0: And you're dedicating yourself
1: to this. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, I will just say I, I posted something on Twitter about it. I I've been very thankful for this because I, I tend to evaluate my life in like chunks. So like when I was in grade school, that was the thing. I was like, this is the longest thing I've ever done in my life. And then you go to high school, and you're like, this isn't even as this is like half as long as that. But I was in the state. It was like a moment where I was like, okay, I've been in I've been at the state for nine years. That's longer than I was ever in sc- like any like area of school for one time. And now this is a moment where I was like, this is the longest thing I've had. That's not like you know, family members or stuff like that. They're like the longest constant, essentially in my life at this point. So yeah,
0: yeah, it's it's crazy. And uh, on a sincere note, I think that us doing this show together has like deepened and strengthened our friendship. I'm very glad to have had it in my life for this mm-hmm. long. Uh, it's helped me to learn about different things and learn to be a better person and uh to get off of the sincere note is also let me know just how perverted uh (laughs) our fans can be uh (laughs) but we love each and every one of you yes and uh we're glad to have you as our wonderful community thank you for sticking with us for however long you have we've had some people uh, chime in recently like um, on Twitter and stuff like that letting us know oh wow yeah I started listening to you guys you know as far back as like nine years ago as recently as just a couple months ago and uh, all of it means a lot to us to have you guys along uh, for the ride and uh, we had a great little celebration with a few people we played Gartic phone with on uh, this past weekend thanks <laughs> guys for making me laugh yeah. uh, during that and yeah uh, I could honestly to be to be fully honest with you dude. like I didn't like imagine this going for as long as 10 years but at the same time back then if you had said it would happen for 10 years I'd be like yeah I could see that happening and I could see it going on for another 10 years at this point I don't know if it will but I could definitely (laughs) see it happening
1: yeah I don't I don't want to you know knock on wood or anything like that but uh I, I will say that uh it I think listening to the podcast and thinking about the podcast in the scope of 10 years is crazy because it went from being one thing to uh, at one point being something, uh, and I, I, you know, I I think I've talked to you about it before where I was just like, there was a period of time where I just hated doing the podcast. Not because I hated the podcast or anything like that, but just was in a low place in my life. Mm -hmm. and how often the podcast ended up completely changing things around for me like there's episodes i guarantee you could find them out there they're not hidden where like the podcast starts and you're like hey i'm here with chris i'm like whatever (laughs) (laughs) and and then by the end of it we're we're making uh you know fart jokes about about torico or whatever so you know yeah it, it it uh i don't like to think of the notion of like Oh, my life would be drastically different without this, or something like that. Or I wonder what I'd be like without it. But uh, it's something that I could definitely, in retrospect, be like, I'm very thankful for it and for you. Yeah,
0: thanks, dude. I'm thankful for you too. Yes,
1: and also, right. I also, I also, real quick, I do want to say because a bunch of people in our Discord were posting their thoughts on the show, and I didn't say anything in the chat room because I didn't like I wanted to state here. I've been very thankful and feeling very blessed to read all your your very, very, very nice comments about it. It has been an exceptionally nice thing to see. And uh, you all are extremely awesome people.
0: We should do like... um... We should do like the equivalent of like a heart thing, but in like a wee way. So I think that uh, the best way to do that is like if we just do like you know ninjutsu Naruto signs or something
1: like that. <laughs> that's like our heart. That's our like
0: heart
1: Yeah. Yeah. you notice the one hand doesn't even move. It's just this over and over again for me. Like I'm like, yeah, this is all the ninja yeah, yeah. signs, right?
0: <laughs> there are people out there who have like memorized them. I'm Like how? <laughs>
1: I see. I see a lot on Discord people being like, "Yeah, this is the horse sign, and then this is the cat sign." I'm like, "How the fuck do you know? <laughs> how do you like? I'm sure there was some fucking logbook somewhere, or whatever, but how do you really know?"
0: Okay, we once again have manga to talk about. Yes, and guys, if you can believe it, there's a One Piece chapter in this episode. <laughs> so. Let's get into it. Uh, We got a good lineup of manga to talk about this week. We got uh, my hero, Academia. Yep. Number 312, Hired Gun. uh, Featuring the Hired Gun, Lady... I hate it when a G shows up in weird places in manga in names. Because my instinct... Mm. Is to pronounce as a hard G, but like you never know. Like with anglic- as, uh, anglicization, uh, if it was a ja, and it just like no, nah, it just looks better if it's a G there. Mm. So I guess it's Lady Nagant or Nagant, but Najant also like it could be. Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like inevitably she's going to be Lady Mommy or something like that. It just feels like where we're kind of moving with that character. So
0: <sighs> Mommy gun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> gun mommy. Oh, that's a good.
0: <laughs> mommy gun's actually a good pun. Huh? Didn't even think of that. So um we get a flashback to start this off. Last chapter uh this Sniper assassin lady who can grow a gun from her, from her, the crook of her elbow, uh, was shooting at Deku, shot his phone out of his hand. And we get a flashback to get a brief, uh, warning from Hawks to Deku saying, By the way, this lady is dangerous. Uh, she used to be a hero, but uh, she, uh, and yeah, she actually worked with her, but uh, um, if she comes after you, drop everything. And run. And uh, so Deku is too far away from the woman to actually see her. But he sees the bullet that she shot, which pierced through uh, his phone and embedded into the wall. And uh, he sees that it is made of pink and dark blue fibers, which was not something that I put together uh, last time. Apparently, while this woman's body is Her gun and ammunition, her ammunition specifically, is woven out of her hair. Uh, And we get more of an explanation for powers a little bit later. Deku starts Spider-Man whipping his way between buildings to try and reposition. Um, He's worried about someone else being targeted by her while she's attacking him. Uh, But uh, so he's like, okay, I should retreat like Hawks told me. And Lady Nagant is like, yeah, you you can't run away from me. Fucking, you know, surrender to me. (laughs) And uh, she fires a gun which curves around a building and it nearly pierces through Deku's solar plexus, but he, I guess at the last second, manages to grab around the ends of it. Uh, You know, like you do with bullets. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, And he... Says, as he's sent flying backwards, but not pierced, because this is how bullets work. Uh, a howitzer shot is nothing compared to this, which is mm. odd
1: wording, I think, but all right. He was just thinking about that right now. He's just like, a howitzer shot is nothing compared to this. And he has yeah. that comparison, I assume. He's been shot with howitzers a couple times, right? Well, one of, So,
0: one of Bakugo's signature moves is called the howitzer. Is it called the howitzer shot? It's called like the howitzer smash or something like that. I can't remember. Maybe, exactly maybe, what was called. maybe
1: he's comparing it to that then. Maybe,
0: but maybe he's just legitimately comparing it to an actual howitzer.
1: Or he's comparing it to Bakugo and it's not really actually that much like nothing. He just felt like emasculating Bakugo in that moment. He's like, Bakugo's move sucks in comparison to this move. <laughs> Friendship with Bakugo ended. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is new edgy uh, Deku, so he he has some harsh thoughts that he has to express.
0: Yeah, if Bakugo tried to bully him now, he'd be like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's very hurtful of you. It's
1: not the language I want Deku to be using.
0: No, it's bad. Also, very judgmental of, ba- of Deku. Yeah. Shouldn't have said that, sorry. Uh, so... um I'm sorry. I feel bad about saying that word. I won't do it again. No. no. So uh, we get more uh, words from uh, other heroes talking about how great Lady Nagant is and how much they want her to step on them or, you know, team up with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so Snipe, who... I think was among the like, you know. well, I thought about uh, putting putting this guy in the list of characters to make Chris guess, but I think that he would have remembered. <laughs> you, you
1: would have been uh, incorrect. I did not know who this character... I thought this was the first time they showed up, and then I watched a TikTok that talked about the All Might exam or something like that, and they mentioned this character being there. I was like, huh, so he's a thing before. You... How much time did they have for
0: TikToks? <laughs>
1: it's just like you know it's just snip shots snip, snap. snip snaps 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 that's the word i was looking for
0: <laughs> all right yeah uh yes yeah, so it's snipe a ua teacher who shoji and hagakure did their training against i think sure all right so uh Snipe talks about, like, yeah, I've got a quirk that lets my bullets hone in on anyone that I can see, but it has a set target distance that it works within. And she can basically do what my quirk does with skill alone. And because she's got specialized sniper rounds, she can do it from farther away, so I can't compete with her. (laughs) So... Uh, And seemingly this was like when Lady Nagant was like, I guess new on the hero scene, which makes sense if she was someone who also worked with Hawks, who was also a newer hero. Um, and Snipe also goes into detail about how Nagant's quirk works. Her quirk is called rifle and she specifically twists her two toned hair together and then hardens it into ammo. And because she does it on the fly, she can specialize her bullets to any given scenario So she can have the bullets curve and move and go greater distances however she wants. Um, so yeah, she's very dangerous. So, uh... And since Deku is a big old nerd, he has specifically watched this interview that sniped his. And so he's thinking about it as I, he's trying to not die.
1: I like how he's able to recall it so vividly, too. I always sometimes forget how much of a nerd Deku is until these moments come around. And you're like, good lord. Deku.
0: Good. Could, couldn't you just, you know, look at girl, look at pictures of girls that made you feel funny
1: or something like that? And, oh, the hero interviews made me feel. OK. Hey, All right. that's valid. That's fine. You know that's what? Fine. That's fine. I'm proud of him. He should be able to do that. One day he'll meet a hero
0: poster that uh, feels for him as strongly as he feels about it. And uh,
1: yeah. One day he's going to play Fire Emblem uh, 7 for the 19th time. And then he's going to finish the game, put it down and be like, sex is overrated. And then he's going to (laughs) start his next playthrough because that's that's what I did, Nick. (laughs)
0: Was it specifically Fire Emblem (laughs) 7?
1: Yeah, it's the only good one. (laughs) Oh, do you want to get into three houses? No. Why, when I have a perfectly good Fire Emblem 7 sitting over there that I've never beaten on Hector Hard Mode? Come on, (laughs) goddammit. I want
0: to be able to play the game the same way every single (laughs) time. There's difficulty spikes.
1: There's levels to it, and also stupid support conversations I haven't unlocked yet
0: the games are very complicated, actually. <laughs> so.
1: I sometimes think about how there was programmed into it the idea that to get certain supports, you need to have characters next to each other. But some characters had to be next to each other for like 300 turns. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're like, so there's no way I would ever do this except by. Finishing the map, not claiming the throne, and then just spamming end turns with these two fucking random ass characters standing next to each other. They're like, yeah, it's how this works. What aren't you getting?
0: I've been doing this for three hours (laughs) straight, and they are support level C. Yeah. (laughs) Great. uh, Ooh, the plus
1: ones. Renault, do you want to talk to fucking Nino yet? (laughs) No? All right.
0: I guess I'll we'll go back to the Coliseum. <laughs> so. Deku realizes that he can't. Lucky at this point that he has his danger sense working for him. Uh, and he decides that if he can't run away, he's got to approach her and attack close distance. Uh, Lady Gone is, is, you know, kind of upset that Deku has managed to not get Killed after she's fired at him twice. Uh, Overhaul slumped in the corner behind her. Starts talking about the boss, the uh, uh, Shia Hasaikai boss, and wanted to get to him. Which uh, I believe that last we saw he was comatose, but I thought that he was might have been dead. But I guess he's just comatose. Yeah, he was comatose during the arc. I don't, and I don't think they ever established he died. So anyway. Uh, Nagant's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Talking to yourself about your whole character arc thing, blah, 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 blah. Um, he, she, um, kind of is like, okay, stay hidden. The target is coming this way, so don't let him see you. And, uh, then she thinks, maybe I should have ditched you after all. Flashback. And, uh, all for one, you know, approached Nagant and, uh, was like, I have a request for you specifically. And Nagant, of course, was like, why do i have to do something you're just breaking everyone else out to just go do
1: shit uh why don't uh, we do a bane voice for him i think we might have at one point it's just he has the mask and everything it feels like it would be very appropriate yeah you know what's topical nick (laughs) 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 the bane impersonation from a six-year-old movie (laughs)
0: Hey, if the Harley Quinn cartoon did it for its entire run, then why not? There you go. So, Nagan points out, well, why the heck should I do this thing special? You just said that I had to go wild, so why do I get a homework assignment? Oh, you killed a fellow hero. (laughs) You seek the downfall of hero society, but your dream will never be realized as long as that boy is around. Uh to which Lady Nagant says, another one clinging to those phony hopes, huh? Which I believe she's referring to Deku as someone clinging to phony hopes, probably. Um, Then uh, All For One observes that Overhaul is kind of hanging out with Nagant while going, I was like, oh, the boss, the boss, the boss. (laughs) And so he says, oh! A friend of yours so
2: you can transform your arms and he's got no arms that sounds like synergy
1: to me (laughs) does it? because it sounds like fucking anti-synergy synergy Synergy! (laughs) does it sound are you proposing I rip my arms off to give to him?
2: Uh, could you do that?
1: (laughs) that would be pretty cool
2: of you listen all of you people with a singular quirk confuse me Why don't
1: you just have multiple quirks?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, right. That's that's me. That's a me thing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'm awesome. (laughs) Everyone Everyone, sucks but me. (laughs) Tell me how awesome I am. You're awesome, all for one. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) I rock.
0: Um... Nagant says that the reason she's hanging out with Overhaul is because he's got some screws loose, and I thought he might come in handy somehow, which, come on, lady, the arms, don't say handy around him, come on.
1: He seems pretty far gone. I don't I don't know if he's hearing things that are currently going on around him right now. Uh,
0: so, All for One uh, is like, oh, yes, another victim
2: kept down by this wicked hero society. Let us deliver a death blow to those hateful heroes. Consider this a contract between us. Take this as a deposit. Yes, yeah, uh, you just have to make the checkout to cash. Uh, I, I would recommend not uh, showing up inside the bank just use the ATM or if you've got like a mobile account you could do a uh, check deposit that way. My point is you'll be arrested <laughs> if you go into a bank so don't do that. It's not? But, uh, I don't carry cash around so do this. But weirdly
1: enough I have a quirk that lets me shoot cash out of my mouth
2: <laughs> <just> start, start <laughs> I could just <laughs> say it this way but uh... <laughs> I don't want to but one of my uh, other quirks is cheapskate, so I don't feel like
1: <laughs> <it>. <laughs> You stole that from Gilbert Godfrey. How dare you? <laughs> oh, the guy who played Iago. <laughs> he did more than that.
2: <laughs> uh, not that I know of.
1: <laughs> he also told the aristocrats joke a week after 9-11. God damn it. <laughs>
0: uh, but... All for One uh, has done something that, God, I don't know if it's actually been established that he's done this before in the present timeline, except specifically with Nomu. Uh, but he's bestowed a quirk onto Lady Nagant, air so she can presumably hover and move about through the air. Uh, that's where we like end the chapter, so we don't have to get yet to see how this other quirk works
1: just yet. Uh, Shigaraki too, right? That's how he got all the quirks starting to Shigaraki. List. Right.
0: Too. Yes.
1: In the same way as like the Gnome stuff worked. Oh, people are saying he did it for nine. Nick, come on. Movie characters too.
0: <laughs> a mistake.
1: <laughs> fine, fine. I'll do a
0: much more, a much more accurate blanket statement. Uh, we haven't seen All For One do this in the present timeline. Personally, he's just done it through all of the lab
1: work stuff. So. Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, so <laughs> come on, he was on your list. You can't you I can't, can't even say he doesn't count. <laughs> like yeah <laughs> Back uh, into a corner. <laughs> so to this chapter, I will say uh it was fun. Um I don't I, I'm honestly I, I I was a little surprised. I thought the reception to this character would be way hornier than it is, but I think I also don't follow the places and go to them. Where that happens. Like I expect our Discord to be all over the place with it, but I don't go to our not safe for work channel. So that just could be like nothing but fucking lady mommy spoiler like pictures right now. So
0: I think that uh, it partially has to do with the way that she's been portrayed thus far. Like my hero in general tends to be a little bit more um hey, we'll make, you know, our female characters out to look cool. Um that's not like, you know, there's no fan service to be had, but like even, you know, everyone's favorite bunny girl uh mirko is like hey she kicks a lot of ass it's just that people are also like and i want her to step on me you know yeah uh, I mean, she might
1: uh, she might also be right now in the the quite literal shadow of vampire mommy still people only have so much horny to give
0: yeah and uh, everyone's well because it you know it kind of like horniness like gives you a tunnel vision Yeah, so <laughs> it's like, i can't think about anything else that's why people were horny for uh uh Bowsette. that was it for. oh for yeah I, wow
1: that was a real time capsule of a moment
0: <laughs> yeah and then like two months later it's like i mean you know maybe you see a bit of her occasionally but not nearly as much as the freaking flood that came out so yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, actually though for the chapter i think uh lady DeGant is seems like a pretty cool character i certainly think <laughs> this is a good chapter to build her up I'm still kind of waiting. I shouldn't say this like expectantly, because this is, I think, the first time he's shown back up since the prison break. But I am kind of waiting to find out what the point of Overhaul still being alive is going to end up being. So I'm curious about that. Uh, But it's a, a cool little action sequence here. Yeah, it does definitely
0: make you wonder like, what the hell are they even going to do with this guy? You know, he's, he, he, A, doesn't have his quirk anymore because it's channeled through his hands, which he doesn't have. And B, uh, he's definitely not himself currently. So he doesn't have all of the mental uh, faculties that also made him dangerous at the time. So what do you do yeah. with him? Wow. But I do really like the, you know, building up this, you know, villain that Deku's got to take on that took place in this chapter. Making out the point of like, hey, she was this impressive before, and now she's got this other quirk. So, what the hell is he going to have to do to take her out?
1: Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move right along, guys, and we are uh, shifting up the. I guess we should say sifting, because it only came into the podcast last week. But uh, in case you're curious, we're going to do Undead Unluck at this point in the podcast going forward. So we'll start My Hero, then Undead Unluck, and mm-hmm. then we'll do into the monthly series. So we're going to move right into Undead Unluck, <clears throat> Chapter 63, Who I Love So Much. And, uh, Wouldn't it be
0: Whom I Love So Much? Uh,
1: uh-huh. No, because of Untruth. You want it to be whom, but he is fond of you, and has changed it so you're doing the opposite. So he just uses it to win grammar arguments. Yeah,
0: exactly. (laughs) I'm sure that I is before E, except after C is a, no, I'm not. It's E before I. Okay, yeah, you win. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't make a split mistake. My mistake, Shen. Yeah,
1: if that was if if I had untruth, that's all I'd use it for is petty bull. I guess also dropping a family member off a cliff. That you have to have like a tragic way to discover <laughs> it, but then after that it's just pettiness. <laughs> uh so last time, uh Andy, uh, and then more significantly, Shen were uh, impaled by a gigantic staff. Uh, Andy, it's not so much of a big deal. He kind of comes back from that regularly. It's sort of a shtick. Shen is uh, significantly less on deck, uh, undead, so... Uh this is,
0: a uh, Shen, this is what happens when you misuse your shadow dash. See, uh, the taunt gives you damage resistance, so although, you know, the desire to, like, use it purely for repositioning or escape is there, you really gotta be dashing through your opponents in order to get that, because uh, otherwise, you're not nearly as tanky as you think you are.
1: This is a Shen from League of Legends reference. <laughs>
0: oh yes
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've maimed him for years okay do you still
1: play it oh okay I was gonna say
0: I'm on one of my uh, this is like the third of my I haven't played League in th- in two or three years <laughs> breaks that I've taken from the games so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, we all do that from time to time then you get a couple of ARAM games in and everything comes back, yep. back around Um, so Fang is basically like eh, what an idiot like brother like sister far too soft uh, and Andy immediately comes in and is just like, uh, you know, I'm not gonna let you do this. Uh, Feng's like, oh, I suppose you can't do that now, can you, undead? Uh, and Andy launches out, like, a, a attack. It looks like he shoots his fist just into the ground, but for a moment I thought he bounced his fist back up. I think I've been reading too much Black Cat, where everything <laughs> bounces. Uh, and they just see the have they have a little exchange, and Fang just launches, like, catches the bullet. He- so, uh, he, he stops Andy, stops his attack. Foucault tries to shoot him, and he catches the bullet in, his, in between his toes. And that is an incredible amount of dexterity. And Especially
0: he's... because he was wearing a shoe before the bullet blew it off. <laughs> so
1: He did the Matt Riddle thing where you kick off your shoes and then...
0: Tell a bunch of unfunny jokes yeah. for months. <laughs> that was...
1: Yeah, that's where we're going to stop for that joke. <laughs> um. So he basically reiterates this whole thing of like despair makes the heart grow, uh makes people stronger. I want I want you at your worst basically. And we go over to Mui who's just like, "Oh god, he's dying. He's dying." <laughs> And Shen don't is, make her sad. Stop it. <laughs> well, Nick, it's okay, because Shen uh, looks up and he sees his dead sister, which is usually a good sign when you've been fatally wounded.
0: Yeah, I and mean, the first thing that I want to see when I when I uh, have a wound in the middle of my stomach is dead relatives <laughs> appearing before me. That'll make be like, oh, I'm doing great.
1: <laughs> Immediately, Shen's just like, are you an illusion? She's like, I don't know. Good to see you, though. <laughs> and uh, Shen has kind of reverted to a child uh, you know, literally and is just apologizing. I'm so sorry. I'm the one who killed you. I, I, I didn't mean to. I, I If only I had never aimed to become strong back then. If I had never taught you that move. I ended up, and she hugs him and says, when you taught me that move, I was so happy, big brother. You were always the one protecting me. And I figured with that, you wouldn't have to live your life solely for me anymore. And turns out, I actually had quite a lot of talent. If I can use that pit uh, use that to pit me against you, and as a result, he dropped the weaker one. He dropped me, and then that was the moment when you became a negator, right? So, kind of affirming what we already kind of had an idea yeah. about, that every he negator did, seems to did. get...
0: Yeah. Shen didn't drop her. He accidentally forced her to let go.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, Shen just uh, you know, I wanted to apologize. I'm sorry I left you alone. Uh, and She's just like, now you know what? You can't come with me right now. Because you know what, you still have people you need to protect, especially her. And uh, after you lost to Fang, you hungered to get stronger, all in order to avenge my death. And because of that, you walked the path similar to Fang's, fighting, getting hurt, fighting, getting hurt. And in the end, you could only see others as either strong or weak. And that's when you met her. And we see like a montage of him fighting, and then uh, the first time we've ever seen him actually meet Mui who had a little brother at the time, and it looks like uh, their house was just, like, ravaged by UMA. Like, there's a whole bunch of, of just destruction around them. Uh, he says, at first, you, you simply couldn't abandon them because they mirrored us so much. And then immediately the brother dies. <laughs> like, it's like the next yeah. panel of, like, oh. But yeah, little by little uh, movies, knew
0: not a whole lot older when uh, she's, you know, over the grave. She's literally dressed in the exact same outfit. So presumably her bro died like immediately.
1: Yeah, so. yeah he might have just died from the injuries. Uh, little by little, bit by bit, step by step. She helped to heal your heart. And we see a little little scene of her trying to straighten up uh, Shen's tie.
0: Little uh, little tip for anyone who ever wants Nick to go like, yay, I ship it. Have a girl straighten a guy's tie. Like, seriously, mm. I was just like, oh, that's it. Oh, it's so cute. That's so what cute.
1: that's what gets the uh beaten for you?
0: That's why I ship Dipper and Pacifica from Gravity Falls, because she trains his bow tie in one ah. scene. That's literally the only reason.
1: Wow. <laughs> All right. Now we learned something about Nick. Uh, his sister starts teasing him. She's like, oh, do you like Mui? What's it like to be in love? And Shen... It's- it's, it's
0: very little sister. Yeah.
1: Nice. Yeah. And Chen is a uh, fucking a tough guy. He's like, I don't deserve to be in love. Besides, I'm already he dead. Likes yeah. He likes her. He likes her. And she's like, nope, because you need to live and be happy for yourself and for me. Just like you always wish for my happiness, I'm wishing for yours, too. And there's still a way left. So that means you can't give up. And sure, you know, she starts a ghost of Christmas presiding away from the scene. Uh, truth is, I'd love to live with you again right this second, Big Brother, but I'll have to wait a little bit longer. So keep on being kind and cool. Keep being the Big Brother who I love so much. Ah, And then shit's like, blood! <laughs> <laughs> ah, blood! Ah! ah! Still have my gut, still have all my intestines ripped out. <laughs> and then he looks over to Mui, and he says, ah, Mui, could you be a deer and kill me, please?
0: So... I'm not sure exactly. So I'm assuming that he's planning to somehow use his untruth to turn her trying to kill him into her saving his life.
1: I presume. But there was also part of me that was just like, was he just like, "Eh, no, I really want to die. Kill me, please. I want to go back and hang out with my sister. (laughs) I was in horrible agony there. (laughs) This
0: is a great chapter. Yeah, Um, I think so. I, I said not too long ago uh, where I was like, oh, yeah, I, I love, you know, like kung fu uh, stories and stuff. And uh, then I got all the way caught up on Undead Unluck right when it happened that there was a kung fu story playing out about martial arts uh, and, you know, fine to be the best and revenge and all that stuff. But this is also, you know, like the big thing that as often is the case with shonen stories about revenge, which is. Yeah, revenge isn't, like, the thing you should be trying to strive for. It should be, you know, trying to live beyond the thing that made you want to have revenge in the first place. Exactly. And uh, also, it's nice that we have... Um, so, obviously, Mei teases the idea that, like, oh, maybe she's just, you know, this thought that appears in Shen's head. But we did get the specific addition of an afterlife to uh, the universe of Undead Unlock. We haven't
1: gotten that yet. I think we that's, what, that's one of the rewards for this like oh, sequence. Okay. I believe is is UMA ghost or something like that. I I think I don't hundred percent remember.
0: So she's probably just an illusion if those don't exist yet. But hmm. <laughs> <laughs> eh, <laughs> or, potentially, I, I could be wrong on that. I could be mistaken. A hallucination, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's it's it was it was very sweet, and uh, it was nice to uh, you know see like the things kind of pad out the way that they were
1: yeah i dig it
0: so from there we're going to move on to uh kaiju number eight chapter 33 Got a shot of uh mina at the beginning she's got her big cat and her little cat with her
1: yeah i kind of i kind of want to see more of the little cat honestly like big cats are cool but like small cats are great
0: I it would be like an annoying little shit to her and she's just gotta like put up with it and stuff yeah oh yeah
1: i got really upset i like i have a family uh text conversation and i text them uh, a picture of just the the biggest uh chunkiest cat i've ever seen in my life I, this thing was huge it looked like a mountain and it was standing on its back legs and i and i texted it And I was like, why has nobody commented on the fact that this cat is fantastic? It was like the (laughs) next day. I was like, is everyone's phones broken? Is everyone okay? What's going on? Why has nobody commented
0: on this cat? It's a big cat, all right.
1: (laughs) You mean good-ass cat. That's what you're supposed to say. (laughs) Start screaming.
0: Use the proper terminology for this chunky boy. So... We begin our chapter proper with uh, a council of, like, the heads of the defense force uh, trying to decide what the hell to do about Kaiju Number 8, a.k.a. Kafka Hibino. And uh, we see some shots of some of the higher-ups. Most of them very clearly are, like, old soldiers with lots of scars and, like, an eye patch on one of them. There's one guy who looks like he's just kind of an older scientist uh, because, you know, most of them are saying, like, well, I mean, we could just, you know, use him for kaiju to human trans... Maybe it's a result of kaiju to human transplants. One of them says, we should dispose of him in secret and convert him into weaponry. Scientist guy says, we could, we should consider using him as a biological weapon first. But then, the director general of the defense force, Isao Shinamiya, a.k.a. Kikoru's father, speaks up and says, I'm ordering the third division to hand kaiju number eight over to us. And he gets a big introductory panel to let you know he's super important.
1: It's amusing because so Kaiju number eight often gets called diet world trigger in our Mm -hmm. discord. And I was like, if this was a chapter of world trigger, we would have never left this meeting room. There would have been this this would have been the entire chapter would have been the exact same conversation would have taken place. But we would have not left this fucking this meeting room
0: number eight will get into its sixth arc meanwhile world trigger will be like part seven of the <laughs> test
1: <laughs> day two of round one of the exam
0: <laughs> uh we cut to Kafka at that point he is chained up in some sort of holding cell they are taking no uh, uh, uh shortcuts with him they've you know he's arms are restrained legs are restrained. I'm sure that there's like guns just out of, out of view of the panel and stuff. And they're observing all of his uh, vitals and everything. Uh, Kafka is, has just kind of been left on his own for this time. Uh, Hoshina is observing from a safe place. Uh, he's got bandages everywhere, which means that he is on his way to keep making a full recovery and will mm-hmm. suffer no long-term side effects from his injuries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kafka thinks, oh, I guess, I guess like it's been a full day already and he wonders what's going to happen. Uh, he remembers that Kikaru had said, yeah, powerful Gaiju are used for parts for special weapons, so you might, you know, be taken apart. And he doesn't feel good about that. But uh, the main thing that he's upset about is that he thought that he was closer to being by Mina's side. And now he just wonders, I wonder if she's mad at me. <laughs> she probably kind of is, like at least a little bit. <laughs> a little
1: mad, just a little though.
0: Like, I don't think yes, it's I don't think it's a yes or no question is my point. <laughs> However, speaking of Mina, she comes in flanked by two incredibly identical soldiers. Like, they are almost perfectly in sync with each other. One of them stepping forward with the left foot and one with the right. But other than that, yeah. cannot tell them apart.
1: They actually 3D print them uh, straight out of that. They just 3D print them straight out of a room right into right into war. <laughs>
0: They're not actually real soldiers. Occasionally, Mina just likes to feel important, so she's like, "Can I just get like someone to walk beside me?"
1: Oh, she like, has like uh, like those things you see on the boardwalk where it's like a person and a mannequin, like uh, <laughs> poles and like these puppets on the other side right, of the yeah, movements. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh. But somehow, like the poles got crossed. That's why one of them is not in step with her. <laughs> like, God, damn, God damn
1: it! Uh, she just gets angry. She just rips the whole thing apart. <laughs> she's like, "Fuck it! It doesn't even matter. And he Boy, I did wanted for a birthday present." This is why I have a tiger instead. <laughs> oh, man. I wish we'd stop adding interesting character details to a character who refuses to get any of her own.
0: <laughs> Mina says to Kafka that he, has been trans- he is being transferred to HQ facility. He tries to talk with her, but, he imme- but she immediately turns away and just leads him out while they're being escorted down the hallway. And, of course, he's like, yeah, of course. I mean, I've just been keeping a secret from her about this, and she's going to be partially least blamed for me being a kaiju under her command. So this is not good. But then when they get outside, he sees that, like, the entire third division is out there. They're all wearing masks, and they're all armed. Uh, one of them salutes and says that they are the security detail for the trip. And Kafka feels ashamed because he's like, I can't look anyone here in the eyes. And I've wound up betraying Ichikawa's trust because he was looking out for me. And now that I blew my cover anyway, I'm sure he can't forgive me for that. And so he just quietly apologized, like, I'm sorry, this is it. You know, this is the end. And, uh, Mina's leading him into a truck before he can step inside. Ichikawa gets his attention saying, sir. I have faith that you'll come back. And Kafka's like, "What?" and then the doors is close. So he doesn't have time to really reply. So he starts to say Ichikawa's name, but Mina starts speaking and she says, Ah, Ichikawa. he's going to get 50 push-ups for his, for his outburst. When you dashed in to save the base without a moment's hesitation, I was shocked to see you as a kaiju, but I also thought this is such a Kafka move we have testimony and footage to vouch for you. If we can prove that you're human, there's a chance you can escape disposal. We're also going to report all of your deeds as an officer as well. In the 3rd Division, not a single person considers you a kaiju threat. And uh, then she starts going more into official mode. She's like, "All right, based on Article 13 of the regulations, we're transferring you to ensure safety. But Kafka interrupts her and, and starts to tear up. He's like, can I still strive for your place by your side? I mean, it's like, okay, come on, dude. They're like, you're going to die. Like, can you chill with that? But her face softens a tiny amount. Like, her eyes are drawn differently, is what I should say. Like, <laughs> that's basically it. But she says, sure, I'll be waiting. And then he does start to cry. We flash forward to where Kafka has been transferred to. And he's in a much more advanced holding facility uh, behind like 30 bulkheads, apparently, in a large room to contain him with wires all hooked into the seethes, chain uh, chained to. But now he's got a much more determined expression on his face as we get the title for episode four. Kaiju number eight captured. So uh, it seems that we're going to get uh, a bit of a measure of a man kind of uh, saga going on for the next little stretch of uh, this series. So, yep, we'll see how that goes.
1: Uh, wanted to like this chapter more. Um, I really just find Mina to be a, a little bit not interest. Like, I feel like I would have loved this scene. 100 times more if it was hoshina because i was like i really like hoshina and hoshina's relationship with kafka whereas mm-hmm. these two it feels a little bit too much like mashiro and whatever the female protagonist's name was in bakugan <laughs> where i'm like i'm told you guys have great yeah i've I heard you- i've told you guys have great chemistry together uh i've yet to see it though <laughs> It is. Their
0: relationship is, unfortunately, a lot more informed than what we see uh, on the page. And I know that that's for a multitude of reasons. One is to keep Mina, you know, as like the distant goal uh, to strive towards. One is to just, I'm sure, make her just be like the mysterious, compelling, overpowered hero character. Um, But it is a bit of an odd relationship to give that character Cause like a lot of times, you know, the, that character is like, you know, a mentor character, like, Hey, here's this person who has this teacher relationship with our main character and they don't really know a lot about them, but we know that they're somehow powerful beyond all measure. Uh, you see that of course, you know, like uh, modern example right now is Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, does that. Um, but the fact that they're childhood friends and probably love interests as well it does It does strike a very odd dynamic to give to that manner of character. So, it, because, like, one of the reasons that that type of character is seems so distant and mysterious is because of the distance of the relationship between how the main character perceives them and how they really are. Which, if you've grown up with this person, how is that the case?
1: Mm. So... Just one of those things. It's a moment that I'm like, I would have liked this moment to feel stronger if there had been a character that I liked more being on the other end of it, you know?
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: yeah, I- I'm still at the point where it's like, I can't really determine how to feel about Mina because we don't know enough about her. So yeah. I definitely see where you're coming from. So. But I am interested to see where this is going to go. We're going to get courtroom scenes? Ooh. Oh,
1: boy. I'm
0: legit excited if we get those. So. <laughs> All right. All right. We are going to move on then to Spy Family Mission 46. Uh, we get a very brief opening to this chapter where some of yours' co workers are complaining about her getting to go on a cruise. One of them does uh, bring up the idea that they think that she was selected for uh, this because the VIP has a kid and because she's a mom, that's why she was chosen, which is a pretty good uh, cover story to go with, at least uh, your uh, and uh, the targets are currently dining with like all their contacts, including like yours, uh hitman contact who's. I don't even remember if his name has been established. I'm sorry if it has been, but I do not remember it. And unfortunately, he plays a very big part in this chapter. And I just don't know what to call him other than yours contact. The kind of old guy in the glasses. So. uh, No, it's not Mr. Gray. Mr. Gray is the guy who is. What is this
1: guy's name? Damn. I don't. Which character?
0: older guy who is yours hitman contact that is also her cover at work
1: oh because yeah, he's schmozo bagulio
0: alright schmozo bagulio alright <laughs> so we go. um he brings up the point where all they're dining together like hey, come on you know, relax just freaking enjoy your meal like they're not going to target us in the middle of a dining hall in the middle of the day we're, we're fine just you know relax sell our cover store we're good um they start to split off from each other because Yorah's got to escort her back to the cabin. Uh, they're going to the, 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 the men are all gonna go get a drink together. Uh, your still a little bit paranoid um, because she's like, listen, you know, we can't be we can't be sloppy about this. Uh, we've got no idea whether the enemy's even on board. and you've got 30 hours before the rendezvous with the other boat. And if I were trying to kill you, I would wait until the last possible minute to strike. Because, you know, why would I want to cause a commotion if then I'd just be stuck on a ship and had to just wait the rest of the time before I could escape? But uh, and even if no one has leaked our plans, the enemy might still know about it somehow. And tomorrow could be the day that they strike. So we can't let our guard down. And uh, she says, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I just kind of want to believe that it's over and we're home free now. But I yeah, I need to be strong. So. Um, she then asks of your, Hey, um, if we do manage to get to safety, well, what are you going to do? And yours like, well, we'll wait for their orders. And then she goes, covers different parts of the, of the plan and stuff. Um, and, uh, so her content, her, her, uh, target says, well, don't you, want I want to like see your family. And, uh, she says, well, I'm here for work, but yeah, I guess if everything's fine, it would be nice to see them. Um, And again, just kind of like needling the idea that your feels more for her family than she has kind of admitted to herself, pushing that a little bit further. Anya and Lloyd are in the dining hall. Anya likes the food. Good for her. It's a buffet, (laughs) kid. Yeah, I don't
1: don't know why Lloyd has to be like, well, you're going to fucking don't overreach us because it's buffet. Like, that's all it's for. I don't I don't go to you don't go to a buffet, pay twelve dollars and eat two plates like. Now, come on. You're just losing to the system at that point.
0: Yeah. You've got to, there's a certain amount you've got to eat just to break even. And she is a child. Yeah. So she's got to work extra hard on this.
1: And the food's generally not that great. Not going to not- lie. And now, granted, I'm a trash person. So I've only been to trash buffets. But, you know. And Eerie Gray's bringing up a very good point. What the fuck is she even eating? It looks like onion rings, sausages, and. Chicken nuggets, maybe? You know what? That's actually a pretty good plate. Not gonna lie. She got all the good stuff. It's not bad.
0: Yeah, she got vegetables, kind of. <laughs> yeah. Onion rings, come on. Chicken nuggets. Uh Mr. McMahon. Oh no, is the name of yours contact, or at least his cover name. Sure! So Show off the legs!
1: Yeah. He uh You told a joke once. How about we make it so instead of fighting crime, you fall into pies.
0: (laughs) What if you fell into a pool? Uh, That's the hardest thing a woman can do. (laughs) Also the funniest. Both. Both. So uh, he spots that there is someone trailing them. So he makes up an excuse to go back to the bar. But really, he's just doubling back so that he can... <laughs> Grab the guy from behind and break his arm before he covers his mouth. Shut him up. <laughs> um, this guy is clearly a hitman. Uh, he draws a knife, you know, on first instinct to try and kill McMahon. And uh, Mister McMahon says, "Answer each question with yes or no." Am I the most
1: jacked sixty-five-year-old man you've ever seen in your life?
0: I thought you were in your 70- ah! seventy. <laughs> Uh, So leap years don't count. (laughs) (laughs) And I've seen plenty of them. (laughs) So uh, he demands to know if he is a hitman. The guy refused to answer. So he breaks his other arm. (laughs) So he's like, look, I'm going to give you two seconds to answer his question. And the next time you you don't answer me, I'm going to break your leg. Are you a hitman? For Leonardo Hapoon. The guy nods. Are there other assassins besides you? Nod, nod. How many are there in all? Mm -hmm. Oh, sorry. That wasn't a yes or no question. (laughs) He literally literally says that. He's not fucking around with this dude. Uh, He demands to know how many members of, of this guy's team there are. And he says, we're not a team. And I have no idea how many there are we're operating independently of each other because this is a race to see who can get the hit first. And an informant gave me a lead. That's why I was tailing you. Um, and then he starts to kind of mock him. Like, yeah, the guy said that it, that it was uh, in room 8053, And I guess the Intel was right. (laughs) Oh, my other leg, my last limb. (laughs) That's all I needed. Uh, well, at least he doesn't have any more limbs to break. Oh no. Where are you taking me? Oh no, I can't swim with all my broken
1: legs. (laughs)
0: So that guy's definitely dead, unless he Yeah,
1: you can swim with just your mouth. You just like blow really hard and <laughs> go. You
0: know, just off and kick your way to freedom. So,
1: <laughs> so
0: uh, McMahon catches up with the group, but he grabs Mr. Gray, uh, who is the person who is quote unquote Shotty's husband, and uh he immediately starts rushing off with him. He's like, Oh, I guess you need to go to the bathroom. Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Um, so he warns them, like, look, there are people on board the ship and they already know her cabin number and her alias. How is this possible? Who could have leaked? All right. Um, did you have any contact with the outside world at all? And he's like, well, no. Uh, well, I mean, I made one phone call three days ago to my parents. He's like, you idiot. And he's like, well, I had to tell him where. I mean, I didn't say where we were going, but I, 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 I had to say goodbye because I'm never going to see them again. And so McMahon is just, just says, "What's done is done," and I don't have time to trace our enemy's footsteps. And he realizes I was too lax to think that they wouldn't attack us tonight. They're not going to wait. They had, they never had any intention of it. So the conditions of the protection job have been changed because it's not just one team or or singular hitman coming after them, it is any number of them. So uh and of course at that moment somebody knocks on Shaddy Gray's uh door and uh Yor doesn't know who it could be. So-
1: it's a good chapter. It, yeah. it's you know, we're we're slowly building into something. That's really all I have to kind of say about it.
0: Yeah, it's a perfectly serviceable, you know, it's like it builds up the tension and stuff.
1: Yeah. So. All right, Nick, let's talk about Eden Zero, Chapter 143. You didn't do anything to deserve this. Which I was
0: trying to think of, like, when the hell is this line going to come up? And then when it did, I was like, I mean, all right, sure.
1: <laughs> uh, so we pick up where we left off last time, where Shura has... The defeated Shiki, in the most brilliant way possible by just throwing out the suggestion, you like friends, right? Well, what about if I'm your friend? And Shiki really actually doesn't know how to respond to it at first. He's like, your uh, friend? Sure's so like, yeah, I've never made him like you. We we can both be buds. He's like, but you don't think robot wives are worth anything. I can't be friends with somebody like that. And he's you like, can
0: just see the gears t- t- turning in his <laughs> head. He's like it's, I'm not going to fault Cheeky too much for this because he does work his way through it and reach the correct conclusion. It's just like, wow, you really are like mentally eight, aren't you? <laughs> it's <laughs> it,
1: He's developed to the point where like in this thought process, there was a road and it branched off and one side said friend and the other side said, but he's a robot fascist. But he's <laughs> and a he robo
0: was... <laughs> <He's
1: a> racist. <laughs> and, and he just wasn't sure. He's like, no there's like a lane in the middle because that's where he goes she uh sure is just like what you can't be friends with somebody who has different values than you we have the same goal don't we let's beat ziggy and she's like if i agree to be your friend will you stop this madness he's like well if a friend's asking i might consider it Shiki actually like jumps down he's like okay we promise you won't destroy the androids and Shura's like fucking stupid no <laughs> like i don't we don't need robots if we're friends because we'll take over the entire cosmos together cheeky's like no we do need them i can be friends with somebody who thinks differently but i won't be friends with somebody who wants to kill all robots so sure like all right and he sends a shit ton of robots after him. And he's like, <laughs>
0: Because as an evil person, I am also a
1: hypocrite. <laughs> and he's sure, uh, Shiki's like, you do have robot friends. He's like, ah, not really friends. I basically just have a bunch of robots I'm going to command to attack you. And then uh, they're going to either die fighting you or die when the all link gets activated. So kind of works out. Win-win for me anyway. Bye! And Shiki Wee. just sits there. He's like, oh, I don't want to fight you, but I have to. You didn't do anything to deserve this. And I can't possibly beat you without killing you. It'd be pretty dope if he didn't figure out that he could do that and he just crushed them all with gravity and he's just like, what have I done? What have my spider powers done? <laughs> um, We cut over to the Eden Zero. They're having their big space battle. Hey, bunch of stuff's happening. Boom. So there's a big impact on the ship and like, what the heck? Is that enemy fire? No, somebody just tore through our armor. And Shura lands and just says, it's gravity. Gravity is the power of destruction. Which, I guess in a way, you can kind of... I guess if I throw something in the air because of gravity, it's probably going to go back down and break. But (laughs) I don't know if it's necessarily the power of destruction. Anyway, Shura is there.
0: Gravity is the power of attraction,
1: like (laughs) you said. Well, Nick, you tell that to Shura, and we're going to see how well that goes, because he does not seem to be a very tolerant person. <laughs> he likes to explode people. True. Uh, so immediately, which is just like, wait, where's the where's the demon king? Oh, you mean Shiki? I dropped him off down there, and he's fighting a whole bunch of robots. What a hypocrite he is. And at least Tarmit's just like, it. it look, I, I machine inhuman friend is friend foe is foe like I, I, we're not i i was worried they were actually going to press the idea that the robots would be like Shiki's fighting robots or something like that and thankfully they didn't do that uh so witch tries to activate their battle dresses and uh shura just launches them all across the side of the room and he's just like yeah no we're not going to be doing that that twerp said he couldn't be my friend so i got curious i came to get a look at his precious toys. I'd love to see the look on his face when I break them. Uh-oh, what's happening?
0: Oh, I'm sure they'll be fine. He hasn't even tied them up all sexy yet. So
1: <laughs> Well, Nick, that's not even the weakness of the robots. So why would he do that? If we did that, then it would just purely be for horn dog reasons, right? Yeah, and Hero would never do that. <laughs> never. Uh so uh, the rest of the group is in a, a funhouse hall of mirrors for some reason in this space. Uh, they're walking I, around. I
0: thought they were still on the Eden Zero for a second, <laughs> and I was like, "All right, they're not. They're not on the ship.
1: <laughs> they're in some kind. They're in some level of the base." Rebecca's like, "Why are there so many mirrors in here?" Everyone's like, "This is weird. This place gives me the willies." And Hamora stops because she's like, "Wait, I sense ether in this mirror." And then Pina's like, "Wait a minute, no, get away from it." And then like. The reflection gets, like, an evil eye, and then she turns and slashes at Weiss, and Weiss is like, Oi, what are you doing there? And, uh, I don't know, someone just says, Hamora, I guess Pino, and I don't know who explains this, but somebody just says, the mirror reflects your other self. Go on, set your dark side free.
0: I believe it is the member of Shura's crew who is looking through the mirror. Okay. I, I'm I'm guessing that that is who is saying that. But I was confused as well uh, for a minute. I thought
1: maybe Pino had figured out what the mirror did. Because otherwise, well, I don't know. I guess just Jojo logic. Something strange yeah. happened. Let's get away from it or whatever. But uh, yeah, uh, they're being attacked by the lady in the mirror. And uh, she's going to make everyone be evil.
0: I'm a little bit disappointed specifically with the very ending of this chapter, because I feel like the reveal that Homura's, you know, reflection, you know, does a creepy on her before it takes her over could have been much, much more effective because, because of the way like the panels are laid out, you kind of like your eyes are drawn to the action Homura takes before you actually see her looking into the mirror in the previous panel, because there's, there are uh, eight uh, yeah, eight panels on this one page. There's a lot of stuff crammed together. Uh, so my eyes kind of like drifted as I was going down the page directly to Homura slashing at Weiss. And I was like, oh, I guess the mirror is going to turn her evil. And then I looked left to see, oh, that's where her reflection changes. I think it would have been much more impactful if you would space things out differently in this chapter and dedicate more space to Homer's reflection going eh. and then you would have that oh shit moment before she actually attacks twice. but uh I'm talking I'm making a recommendation that is uh, not based on uh, making a woman look sexy so uh, what am I doing here yeah. so
1: I I just I'm very amused at the notion that there is a random huge section of this base that's just covered in mirrors because one of the characters in this group has mirror based powers <laughs> you think that like the janitorial
0: staff hates this member of that, like, oh my
1: god i've gotta polish these things
0: because we're stupid bullshit really 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 specific ether gear
1: <laughs> how the fuck did, uh, there's some on the ceiling that are dirty god damn it <laughs> people are stepping on them breaking them apparently she needs 700 mirrors so she can get you from every angle All people are licked here.
0: (laughs) All right. From there, we are going to move on to the elusive samurai. Chapter 16, Worried, 1334. Ooh, it's no longer 1333. So it is winter uh in uh elusive samurai so uh, uh Tokiyuki and friends come across uh, lake suwa which is now frozen over uh and we get an explanation that it is now six months since the start of the series uh so people are kind of like playing around on the ice uh shizuku does some ice fishing which like all right you know you do you um But we get narration that explains that the confusion around the country was in a lull, which is very odd wording to me. Uh, But essentially, like, it's not quite as chaotic as it has been or will be shortly. But Suo would not stay at peace forever. At that moment, Yorishige wakes up and he realizes, oh, it's happening again. I can't see the future. On our uh, title page, we uh, get a little bit of a breakdown of like who is and who is not aware of Tokiuki's secret, which is you know m- m- a nice little breakdown of like here are the people in Sua who do and do not know uh, who yes. Tokiuki is, which is it's like all right, nice to have Helpful. that information.
1: Also, he has the Triforce all over him.
0: It's, it's yes, it's a, I won't I won't get into it. I, what? I had The same. I had the same reaction when I first saw like a like a warlords. Is
1: the Triforce real? It's not it's no, sp- Nick, I'm going to use Google to solve this question for myself. Warring where the, is the Warring Force. real Triforce kept? symbol of the hojo. Okay. Can so- I buy? Try
0: force. Oh man, if Ganondorf had access to a search engine
1: and Metallica, (laughs) and Metallica, (laughs) Just, just throw that on the end of my searches. (laughs) can i buy metallic (laughs) can i buy no not their albums all of it i I illegally steal those obviously on principle (laughs) even though (laughs) we're far past the point where anyone needs to do that i still do it on principle for their stuff
0: (laughs) fuck you lars ulrich so
1: make a fucking album better than goddamn saint anger we'll talk
0: (laughs) (laughs) how about death magnetic still not really worth it
1: yeah. Not not the whole aloe <laughs> now. All
0: right. No. So uh we cut over to the Shinano governor's residence uh I our I governor boy uh is, says that he's acquired new land and he needs new fighters such as you. Uh, speaking to a bald man whose face we don't really get a good look at who's speaking to him. He seems to have like a blood stain on the back of his kimono, but it might just be the design on it. Uh, he also has a scar in his nose and he says, I am no mere scoundrel. I have changed my ways and chosen to serve you and your rise to power. Sadamune sama. I am perfect for fulfilling your command to gradually steal Suez territory stealing is what i live for um so immediately ichikawa is like can you trust this guy i mean he strikes me as more of a thief than a warrior which because we just had the whole story arc with genba made me go like is this the? is he related to genba somehow i thought that guy was dead but i don't know so but uh Sotomayor says that he needs more strong fighters, and he says, if I obey the warrior's code, I will not survive these violent times. Thinking about how he's been made to look a fool uh, twice recently because of Tokyuki and Gemba. So we see a council of the priests in the Suwa territory. Uh, they're saying that Sadamuni is making threatening moves, uh, and so they need to send someone to investigate. Uh, and uh, so... They say, like, the Imperial Court has give, has given what was formerly Hojo territory to, uh, to Satamune, thereby making a pincer attack on Suwa from the north and west a possibility. Yorishige, however, is distracted because he doesn't have his foresight ability, and he's like, yeah, occasionally I just kind of lose the ability, so I hope nothing bad happens right now. And at that moment, Tokiki says, yeah, me and the elusive warriors can go and scout this out. <laughs> <laughs> and is like, no, I can't tell if anything bad will
3: happen. No! <laughs>
0: so, but all the priests are like, oh, young lord, you're so brave. Yes, yes. So, And is the only one like, oh, it's dangerous. I don't know about this. So... <laughs> But Tokuyuki, unfortunately has had this guy talking to him and for six months saying, like, oh, you'll be great, you'll learn to be a good re- leader, and stuff's so like, Yeah, but I can't tell what hap- will
2: happen now, and I can't say that, so I, don't go I,
1: anywhere. I do I am kind of enchanted by this character and I'm like, well, I can't see it, so don't do anything. I only do a hundred percent success rate missions. That's why I always play with cheat codes. <laughs> I always get really, really
0: upset if I attack with a 95% hit chance. (laughs) Tackle never hits when it's a 95% hit chance. Uh, You know what? It makes up a good fucking point. I fucking I hate attacking with tackle too. So but everyone's like, oh, this is a great idea, though. You know, and uh, I mean, Tokyuki's perfect for this. Kojuro and Ayako have experience with reconnaissance, and Tokyuki's so courteous, and that'll help put people at ease when when he comes across them. Yeah, let them go, Yorishige. He's like, but bandits could kill him. <laughs> like,
1: a bear could eat them. <laughs> could just chomp right down.
0: Uh, but Kojuro and Ayaka are like, we'll fight off anyone who comes
1: across us. They're
0: pretty confident in themselves. Um and Tokiki's like, if anything bad happens, we can run away. And Yorishige is still like, no. You could eat a slug, para- get a parasite, and die, or you might, or you might turn into a certain character who saw mermaids once and <laughs> nearly died from a blood from a nosebleed. That's the only thing I could think of. Yeah, <laughs> I saw you suggested he would die of a nosebleed. <laughs> But Tokiki's like, I don't get this. Like, you're always sending me on dangerous assignments. So they're just like, come on. Like, give me just go. And is still the only one objecting. And Toki's like, no, I'm going. I'm going. So uh, the Elusive Warriors go off to prepare. They don't think that they need to prepare too much. Uh, Genba's like, we should take more money. Um, but, uh then uh however as they're about to leave shizuku's bringing up the point of like yeah so the shrine can't afford a whole lot of rice right now and then they happen to see that yoroshige has piled up a massive cart for them uh for them to take on their journey just with like every feasible fit supply they could use on the ju- on the trip um and they're just like what what the hell's wrong with you and Yorishige is like I want him to make sure that
2: he doesn't starve to death on this trip. That'll take like a week.
0: Maybe <laughs> So he's uh, not doing so good. Um, everyone changes into their winter wear, which is very similar to their summer wear, but they've got sleeves under their uh, kimonos now. Yep. Couldn't really tell a whole lot.
1: Yep, it's winter wear, so. Nick. It's very to cool. wear. remember
0: yeah. like how in my here academia it was everyone know, was like look at how our costumes changed and this is like I mean I haven't really gotten used to their costumes to this point so I'll take your word for it that they changed.
1: You want to know what fucks with me uh, every so often I forget I, I like I don't know why but I like remember how everyone wore the same outfit during the, the school f- uh, festival arc and everything like that. I just assumed Todoroki really liked that, and he just wore it all the time. Like I always forget that's not actually his costume because it looks, I fucking identical to me.
0: Very similar, yes. They're very slightly different shades of blue, and the patterns are slightly different. Yeah, it took me a while to get used to that too. Yeah. Also, he he his, his hero costume was different than before because it was like a, a very plain style suit. And then it changed. So maybe he did just really like the summer festival thing. It was like, maybe yeah, I'll just did. wear stuff like I, this all the time. I was
1: like, I mean, he didn't win, but I guess he did get, what, second? So that's pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Todoroki costume um, and Metallica. And Metallica. He's <laughs> just going to search for it every time. I shouldn't be just reusing this Aqua Teen Hunger Force joke over and over again, but it's a great joke.
0: All right. Uh, so Yorishige is still paranoid up until the very moment that they finally leave. But Tokiyuki just kind of reacts to this being like, you know, the fact that he's worried about me makes me glad. It makes, it makes him know that he cares about me. Uh, they make it out to a village and another part of Sua. Shizugus kind of starts briefing them on their plans. Like, OK, this is the edge of the frontier. We don't know a whole lot about this area. So we're going to gather uh, information as servants of the shrine. Uh, and then as she's briefing them over it. Uh, suddenly Kojiro and Ayako notice something. They spin around, push Tokyugi out of the way, and deflect um, swords, I guess. And I think it's just that this guy just attacked them with swords. And there is this uh, kind of young-looking guy with a long ponytail who was attacking them, and he's twirling twin swords around in his hands as he approaches them. And uh, they also see that there are uh, a number of people it looks like a number of people holding torches as well from amidst like camouflage in the bushes and they think, Well, has the village already fallen to the enemy? So a fight scene's gonna happen. So.
1: Yeah. Looks here. like we're getting uh, another antagonist, I presume. I-, I have to presume this won't be an ally, uh, because that would make the rest of the characters look pretty lame if this guy was like, I'm a really good fighter and I was like, But that's why two of you are here in general. Yeah. <laughs> ah <laughs> uh, but can they
0: do this uh, well, they, they can't they, they can't, can't no.
1: uh, did, did enjoy it but you know again sometimes you <laughs> just don't say a bunch because you want to save that extra time you want to bank it for really getting into the weeds and I tell see you really
0: <sighs> yep Um, I don't have a lot to say about it either I'm looking forward to where it goes but yes uh. Chapter 15 of I Tell Dark. So uh, it's uh, it's the uh, YouTube show that's on uh, Tuesdays. So here we go. Mar is somewhere around the museum. And uh, they don't know where she is, but she turned the power off. But when we see inside the museum, the lights are back on because they only turned off briefly, I guess. Oh, whatever. So people are going to go looking around, and then they also ask, what should the remote control squad do? Because remember, there are three of them that have remote controls that protect the painting the Mara is targeting. So Homura tells them, well, just stay here on standby, just in case. Okay. Okay. So we'll we'll just you know reduce the amount of people that are keeping an eye on the remotes. That, that's a good idea, and we'll just keep them all in the same place, so the singular thief that's after them can get them really quickly. So
1: no, no, Nick. A lot of very intelligent police officers came together to put this plan together. Uh, it couldn't possibly be dumb. Like, I understand wanting to leave people
0: behind, like around the thing that they're protecting, but why would you leave the people with the key there specifically? whatever
1: maybe in a similar way that mar has announced the date that she's going to because it's sort of the thrill is the chase maybe the cops are also being dumb and they're going to leave the key there because this is this is a shonen battle now we're going to prove who's superior by both of us just doing the dumbest thing possible
0: (laughs) yeah you're probably right so uh Homura thinks about possible entry points because she's like, well, there's only one door. There's no way she'll come through there, but maybe she'll come in through the ceiling. And she starts saying like, well, maybe we can inspect the ceiling. But before she can say anything, uh, they get word from some of the people patrolling museum. And they're like, oh, it's the museum annex team. Mar is here. And yes, there is a cloaked figure on a balcony above them. And they're like, well, then what was she talking about with the hide and seek stuff? but Homura immediately realizes something is off, but immediately they just start bum rushing or like freeze. But Mar runs away from them and like repels out of a window on a rope. And they're like, Oh no, they they're outside. But Homura is like, chief, it's a trap. I'm sure we need backup to this room. But then, Oh Mar hits a button on her on her phone and phew, the power goes out and the lights are off inside the room. Um and then uh the chief's wife uh is just like, huh, yeah, I wonder what's gonna happen now. And the chief says, For being my wife, you sure are unconcerned. You know, the way you talk to your wife.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Anyway, Mar appears behind they're, it's funny like. because they're unhappy. <laughs> <laughs> they're in an unhappy, loveless marriage. Oh my god. If it just turned
0: out like uh Ka- Yonoko was just like, yeah, I was just I was just trying to do like 80s comedy tropes in this series and really bring all of those back and be like, oh, I understand it now. That's why. So
1: he's like, you know what the funniest thing in the world was all the Nor- all the jokes Norm made about his wife, uh, Vera And I thought, you know, there's a big issue with it. We never see Vera because it puts a face to the jokes. And I want to laugh at that face. I want to laugh right at it. (laughs) I want to really close in on how unhappy this relationship is. Oh, God.
0: So, Mar... So, okay, to explain, the chief's wife is using her cell phone light, making her the smartest person in this room because no one else has any light sources with them. And so she beckons the chief over to her, but then Mar seemingly appears directly behind her and goes, let the show begin. But then ve- when they look, she's gone. And then is like, oh, I should get a flashlight out. She's got the flashlight out. But they're like, oh, I heard a woman's voice, but where is she? Uh, and Homura's like, Mar is in this room. And Mar's go- mocking them, saying, try to find me in my radiant glory. And Homura's like, it's a trap. Point gun. I'll fire into the darkness. Uh, but Mar's not there. And she keeps on being like, I am over here. Over here. Over here. If you don't do me the courtesy of finding me, the phantom thief Mar can't exist. If a thief breaks into a museum and nobody sees them, were they ever really there? Yes, because the shit is gone. (laughs) I was
1: going to say that panting just exploded. That's uh, (laughs) Schrodinger's theft, I believe.
0: Yeah, there we go. So Homura is scared, I guess. By this unarmed woman who doesn't actually want to hurt anyone she just wants to steal a painting so she's like oh
1: everyone gather in the center Ugh. which is a bad there. sign when we've established this character has the trait where they sometimes just fire their gun randomly
0: <laughs> yes so amura's like she's running all around us but we still can't spot her this feels so off it's as if we're surrounded and she gets this visual of like an entire chorus of Mars appearing behind her going find me I'm over here I'm over here I'm over here and eventually a light comes on in the center of the room in the center of the circle of people who have their backs to the center and Mar is posing on a conveniently placed stool and she's like you got a little too distracted. I swiped all the remotes while you were blindly swinging around in the dark. Ooh. And then she um opens up the painting, bounces off a guy's shoulder, just because. Uh, lands on top of the safe where the painting is. And she goes, voila, opened. And then she's filled with holes because Homura shoots her. <laughs> Homura shoots her.
1: No, no. Why would she do that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So the chief's wife is like, "Oh wow, she's beautiful." Because uh, everyone but Humura is gay for this girl. But you know what? Okay, you know. So Mar says, "Wait, get me from this angle." And the chief's wife is like, "I can take a picture." (laughs) Yes, that's why she invited you. That is what she said uh Homura says to akiraka come on but then she's like <gasps> she dropped voice recorders on the ground that all said i'm over here and mar says you were all led astray by my beautiful voice so the person you saw run away I, was a fake
1: <laughs> i all right so there's a lot of like build up to this point of like uh, Mar saying and doing all these things and being very taunting and everything like that. And I was like, you know what? That all kind of makes sense. She is, for all intents and purposes, a magician. She is mm-hmm. trying to intentionally do things to distract people or create reasons to get them thinking so they're not actually focused on the things she wants them to do. She has now opened the box and is ready to leave. And now she also takes time to explain everything she's done. And it's just like, why? (laughs) What's the point of this part? (laughs) And also,
0: all the stuff that is revealed here. Fucking obvious. It's it's not impressive. (laughs) Like. I don't know if it's just a matter of like Kaza Inoukka just like saw one heist movie and was like, oh
1: my God, by stuff like, and then we'll pose as an employee. <gasps> he, he watched the front half of Ocean's Eleven where they were all disguised, getting like key cards and stuff like that. And he's like, this is the coolest thing anyone's ever so done. So will
0: actually work at the hotel for a little while?
1: <laughs> I'm going to stop watching now. Because I'm going to save the second half of this baller ass movie for when this series gets to chapter 100. Which it's definitely going to. To the moon, baby. So, yes, they spend... I
0: kid you not. An entire page explaining that she used fucking tape recorders with her voice on them so that it sounded like her voice was coming from all parts of the room. And she's like, I made sure that they went off at different times so it sounded like I was moving around instead of just being everywhere it was. Like, yes!
1: Yes! Okay! But again, why is she expo- like she she is in a fluid motion of tricking these fucking nicks and then popping over here to steal the shirt and then she stops right there And explains her entire plan to a room of people that all have ways to... Like, why is not one person just run up and tackled her at this point or something? Like, everyone's just so dumbfounded. Like, oh my god, she had someone on the inside? Which is an already previously established thing we know about. Because the truck driver was already on the inside for her. So, like, I don't know why people were just like, holy shit, she's a genius.
0: So... And then she says, like, and then I jumped into your blind spot, the center. Yes, we saw you appear there. There was a spotlight. Mm-hmm. Like, we saw that. Yes. So she, she grabs the painting and then moves her body in a way that does not make sense in yep. order to get up on the ceiling. And she starts walking on the ceiling. And she says, for one last time, feast your eyes on me. <laughs> and then she falls over dead. Because she's walking on the ceiling without doing anything to protect herself. She she could have swiped Homura's gun, alright? When she swiped the remotes. And then I'd be like,
1: fine. But no, Homura's got her gun! I, I can understand the notion of not... Uh, even though it's the only character trait they gave to this character, pretty much. Not opening fire on a non-violent crime. I can right. understand that. like the, the idea I'm not just going to shoot... Why no one's just trying to stop her in general, though... Is the mind-boggling thing yeah. like they just watch it happen? Everyone like I understand the wife and the the the, the useless detective, and I guess maybe Aki whatever his name Aki is the, Aki yes. Raka because he's probably like I know my team's already got this handled wh- whatever. But why the other why the gun girl is it like trying to actually arrest her is just blowing my mind or something? Like everyone just watches this happen. So. As
0: if the, her voice was coming from everywhere at once for four pages, and then we'll explain it immediately three pages later, wasn't enough of a, yeah, this was not nearly as impressive as you think it was thing. She then starts walking on the ceiling, and immediately Akira is like, yeah, there's little fixtures on the ceiling, and she's probably got holes in the soles of her shoes that she's using to walk
1: on. He's so fucking joyless. He immediately is like, I figured it out. (laughs) So she does that,
0: and Demele Mar- Mars like, no, oh, well, I mean, I like this stunt, but I guess if the secret is out, I can't really use it anymore. Now, can I? So, like, I mean, you can still if it's useful to you, but you're not getting it away any faster. In fact, walking on the. Probably slowing down. I was
1: gonna say, I forgot she actually walks across the ceiling in that way, which is gotta be so fucking difficult to like unhook your shoe, make the walking motion, hook it back in. Like, I guess you could. It's a manga. Let's say they do the craziest thing forever, but it's still like, why couldn't she just cartwheel across the ceiling into the grate or whatever, or just shot straight up to where the grate is and left that way? So.
0: Finally, Himura points her gun and says, Hey, hold it or I shoot. And you know she's gonna shoot because she like turns her head so she's not looking directly at Mar while she's pointing the gun. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> so Mar sets off a flashbang. <laughs> Which probably should have just been like the one thing she would have needed to get in and grab everything and get the painting. And she escapes back through the vent. And immediately everyone's like, on the, on. Also, know, kind of like,
1: isn't this a big fucking letdown? She has all these elaborate tricks that she's acted like she's prepared and everything like that. And then the one moment right before she gets out, she's like, oh shit, I'll just throw a fucking, I'll throw a flashbang and blind everything. I was like, oh, it's not really quite as romantic and magical as everything else you've done. Uh, feast your eyes on my smoke and mirrors
0: display as I dazzle and confound you. Oh, you've got a gun. Pocket sand. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So she's escaping through the conveniently giant air conditioning vents. Um, And uh, then we suddenly cut away to a phone that's saying, "Okay, you're up next. Come pick me up. And, uh, apparently I think she's getting in contact with her, uh, who she believes is like her next contact to get her to safety. Yeah. But we see that Ms. Aoi has received the text message Ooh. from her Spot on the roof. And she says, I'm on my way now. So. Just oh. crash, just crashes a helicopter into the ceiling of the museum. <laughs> It seems that Misao is one step ahead of this masterful, unbelievable heist plan that had the most basic ass tricks involved. Uh, I swear to God, if it turns out the twist is Misao is Ioe just goes like, "Yeah, I posed as like a random mercenary you could hire so that you would tell me your whole escape plan so that I could capture you instead." Uh, then <laughs> so I'll be like, "All right, yeah, sounds about right." So uh,
1: this was, um... God. It's just dumb. Like, that's the yeah. only thing I can really say. It was just a very dumb chapter. Um, but, hey, you know, we're probably not going to be getting too many of these. So, uh, you know, we'll enjoy it. I, I will say the I-, I found the funnest way to enjoy uh, I Tell C is uh, if you read it as sort of like uh, a comedy where you're mm. meant to just laugh at the cops. Because they, they're they always fucking up. like They're the most incompetent characters in any universe. Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess that's probably a big part of the draw. I mean, like, they have definitely made every cop that we've seen pretty much out to be a complete and total joke. The only one who wasn't uh, died horribly and tragically in his brother's arms. He wasn't a great cop either, though. <laughs> no, I mean, in terms of, like, was not made out to be a complete and utter
1: Oh, joke. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, well, no,
0: wait. He had a comical thing, too. He loved sugar.
1: Um, yeah. Too silly. Damn. Too silly. He had to go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's why I had to die. <laughs> His joke was too silly. You know, it's not like you know. Uh, Yabuki you know, messaged
1: him, and he was just like, "We can't have two characters that really like sweets in this, in this in this magazine." And then Candy Flurry came in, and he just read, like, looked at the first chapter. He's like, "What the fuck is this shit?" Get that's me! It. <laughs> I need more
0: fan service. I can't be the sweet series anymore.
1: <laughs> Get me, Mister Chump on the Line, like Gary. Yes, what's going on there, Yabuki? I want to let you know right now. I'm going to put the fucking raucous fan service in there until you cancel any other fucking series as people eat candy in it. Uh,
0: well, we do primarily sell to horny 12-year-olds, so, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maguchan God of Destruction, Chapter 43, The Day of Extinguishing Light, featuring, um, a child's wallpaper pattern.
1: Yeah, I so really cool designs. Um interesting that it's the cover page though. I would assume mm-hmm. this is a pattern you use on like a sticker sheet or like uh know, like a article of clothing or something like that. It's as a cover page, it's very interesting.
0: Mhm. And uh no human characters on it. Uh but uh uh Was it? B? Was that his name? The Cerberus? Oh, BS. Yeah, BS. That was it. He's there. The Day of Extinguishing Light! Uh, Magu-chan is acting weird. Uh, Ruru can't find him at first. She even checks the refrigerator. Because, of course, she would. But uh, when Magu finally hears her, he's like coming in through the window, and she's like, "What, what are you doing up so early? He's like, nothing! Okay. You coming to school? No. All right. Well, we're out of Natto, so you're going to have to wait until I, you know, get back in, in order to eat. It was like, it is all right. I shall not require offerings today. And immediately, Rue is like, did you go and eat something when I wasn't looking? Where have you been? And Maga says, I have nothing to tell you. Try no more, lowly human. He just kind of completely blows her off. So Rue is upset by this. And she's also thinking, you know, Maga's not acting like himself. What's going on? So she goes to school. She talks to Ren about it. And Ren's like, I don't know, maybe he's in a rebellious phase because they still think of all of the, you know, chaos being gods as like children, which given the way they act is understandable. Um, So uh, they're, they're just kind of like, you know, being like, God, you know, Ren basically says, hey, don't worry about it. You're a third year. You shouldn't have to worry about child rearing. Besides, he's always been a rebellious evil god. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, when you put it that way, but he does bring up that he did see, uh, Magu, uh, apparently, or rather he says, I think that he was at my place because Naputuku was complaining about him when I got home. So they're wondering what the hell is going on. And, uh, Rue ca- catches up with her friends and says, yeah, he was at my house recently too. Uh, and, uh, so, uh, they establish like, yeah, he got like some paper stuff and 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 like party poppers. So maybe there's some sort of like ceremony going that they're trying to conduct. Uh, eventually, over. overhears this, but he says, "I can't say anything," because he's like that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, eventually, Ru comes across Magu as he's wandering down the street, and so he's she's wondering like, what's what's he doing here if you needed something, he should have just, you know, come with me. So she tails after him and uh, follows him to the bar that uh, Ruru and the other chaos gods went to hang out at that one time. Um, And so they do. She wonders briefly like like if uh, Magu is somehow getting into. um... How do I phrase this? So tell me. There is a thing in Japan and some certain other cultures where you are paid to keep clientele company, and it's not necessarily a sex thing, but it can be
1: uh, so. Okay. Would they so thinks Magu's up to? So. Would they hang around because I'm not interested in the sex thing, but would they hang around with me while I play Fire Emblem 7 and commentate I'm what's sure happening? I'm sure
0: they would be perfectly happy to.
1: Okay, so. I'm not going to pay them. I have no money. I've spent all my money on Fire Emblem I 7. Problem.
0: <laughs> this, I already own it, but this, I keep buying it. It is expensive it. enough as it is. Yeah. Uh, so, however, uh, she then sees Magu walking out. And he is like in his I am a human disguise uh, while he's been in there. He goes walking around the street and uh, he comes across the two students that he uh, threatened before. And he says, so we meet again, lowly humans. And they reply with what's up because it's 2000 again. Didn't you get the memo? Uh, But he says he wants to be shown around the establishment that he's joined them at. And he proceeds to like play games with them. He does like dance, dance revolution with them and stuff. Uh, and uh, so Magu's like, oh my gosh, I thought he was just going through a rebellious phase. But actually, Magu has turned to delinquency. <gasps> uh, a cop eventually comes by and is like, middle school kids aren't allowed here after 6 p.m., which I guess is a thing. So. Uh, so they run away from the cops. Uh, and, uh, so Ruru realizes like, man, I don't know anything about Magu. What's happened to him? He's getting in all sorts of trouble now. So she goes home. She's preparing to dine by herself, but then Magu comes in through the door and she's like, where have you been? Magu-chan? What were you doing? Magu turns back to look at her. and He says, I have nothing to say to you. And so Ruru's upset. Because her son is, uh, you know, not talking to her anymore. And, uh, and uh, so but when she goes to bed, she also thinks about her parents and holding their hands and stuff. And then she starts to cry, which is like, okay, this is unnecessary twisting of the knife. Stop this. Stop making her sad. Yeah. But she wakes up in the middle of the night. Uh, and she hears rustling outside. And she spots Maguchan. He's got a candle on his head that's lit as he's walking down the, down the street. And so Rue quietly trails after him. She's like, what's going on? Where is he going? And uh, she thinks about the possibility that maybe he's really going to go and join with Scar. And then she thinks about uh, her dad dying uh, and her wanting him not to go, which, okay, thank you for that. That's nice. Uh, But she follows Mago all the way out into the woods and to a cave. And she's, she's like, oh, maybe there's some sort of a ritual that's being conducted here. And she follows him and she sees a door in the cave. She opens up the door and she spots Magu with uh, Unaris and Naputuku. And they've basically set up a cake made, of course, by Naputuku. And they're decorating it and putting candles on it. And uh, Magu is like, you know, they're y'all they're yelling at each other. And uh, Unaris also has a bracelet. Uh, and they're like, oh, Ru's going to be so thrilled. And Mabu's been setting up a surprise birthday party for Ruru. Uh, But, uh, of course, she showed up early for it, so they're caught off guard. They've got, like, even a little banner that says, Happy Birthday. And uh, he says, According to the Book of the Destruction Disciples' Blood Oaths, the date of your birth is coming up. The elderly woman at the tavern said that to celebrate one's natal day, a clandestine ceremony is held. So I carried out the preparations in secret. Now be surprised and delighted, my disciple, for I have personally celebrated your day of birth.
1: That is a very great moment. I have celebrated your day of birth. Be glad.
0: And Ruru is crying. And so immediately Magu is like, why do you grieve? But of course, she's crying tears of happiness and relief. And she's like, I thought I lost you, Magu-chan. But of course, Magu is completely confused by this. He says, what do you mean? Until I achieve my full resurrection, you shall be with me. And she takes his hand, and then she grabs him and hugs him, and she's like, "Yeah, next year and the year after that, from now on, stay with me forever." And Magu's is like, "Very well." <laughs> <laughs> so they have a little—they have a little party, of course, and it, uh, inevitably it ends with Magu blasting his eye beam out through the cave, as, while Ruru is blowing her candle out.
1: Well, they do also note. It's not her birthday. It's not it's even not close. Birthday. Like, <laughs> rumors like, what well, birth- <laughs> difference is one or two months make? <laughs> Which I was like, <laughs> I, I I came to the conclusion. So, like, we all know Kun's an idiot. Like, he's just a yeah. dummy. I guess this is also a thing. Magu Chen, I guess, is more impatient than anything else. I really thought Unaris would have been the voice and reason and all this, but I guess she's just so excited for an excuse to have a party or whatever. She's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> her birthday is like two months from now. Who cares? Yeah. It
0: an adorable little chapter. Um, uh, it was one of those things where it's like, okay, let's cut around to see how the entire cast have been affected by this. But the surprise was very nice. Mm. Uh, as ve- as unnecessary as I felt like, Ruru's estranged from her mom and her dad is dead. So she really is attached to Magachan because he's the only family that's ever around her. Um, did It did kind of drive things further on and also just... The moment when Ruru's crying at the end is very sweet. And yes, as always, Magu's wording of silly human conventions is very, very, very funny. So, yep.
1: Good. Good chapter.
0: Let's move on to Nine Dragons Ball Parade. Chapter 13, Karmic Ties. Uh, Or as it's also known, chapters 13 through 17. So... (laughs) A guy in a headband has shown up, declaring Tsurugi his lifelong rival. He introduced himself as Taiga Torimoto, and he's like, I'm going to join this team, too. It's been a long time, Tsurugi. And Tsurugi goes, I don't know who you are. Because, I mean, that's that's, that's, that's just kind of the way that that joke goes, yes. And he's like, I'm Torimoto! Legendary home run guy! I don't know who you are, I, uh, but, of course, Azukita knows who he is because he's a little nerd with a Pokedex for a brain. And he's like, oh yeah, you're famous for a home run that hit a flagpole in a game last year. You smashed five home runs in that tournament, earning you the moniker of Home Run King. But whenever you're not hitting home runs, you're mostly striking out. So, yeah. And that's why Sarugi gets more recognition than him. He hits the home runs, but his batting average is not great otherwise. Although, honestly... you hit that many home runs uh and uh you've got a 217 batting average that's still actually really good so yeah five home five five home runs in just under 30 at bats. not even not even that 24 at bats that's crazy good are you kidding me (laughs)
1: sure i'll take your word on that sounds like that's a lot
0: so uh but uh he's but, but Azuki, so they say, like, well, you know, if Serugi the slugger from Fuchigaoka, played that game, they said, I bet Toramoto wouldn't have been dubbed the home run king. So, Tsurugi, you can't run away from me any longer. We're going to see who the real home run king is. Uh, Subaki declares him a weirdo, and Azuki is like, shut the fuck up. Don't throw stones and glass houses. But they say, hey, you know, you'd be a great asset to us having a slugger on our team then we see the quiet guy who has also come along with toramoto and of course immediately uh not actually Azukita this time but rather surugi is like oh i recognize you uh but then he's like Azukita, what's his name
1: (laughs) i like how they just call him a pokedex too where he's just like ah that is blah blah blah
0: yeah iyo horoguchi uh, from the same school as Toramoto, known as an agile second baseman with excellent base running and defensive skills. And Tsurugi's like, yeah, that guy left a real good impression on me because in one game he stole three bases. Um, not Ichimaru says, I remember him too. He's good with his glove. Okay, good to know. Fielding is uh, a statistic that is not as easy to understand, so we're not going to attach uh, stats to this. So. Uh-huh. But uh, Aizukiya says, like, yeah, apparently, like, a lot of schools have been trying to recruit him, but he's turned them all down. Uh, then he's like, why are you here after declining all those guys? And Horimoto is like, oh, yeah, elite teams have hazing. So I don't want to go through that.
1: Fair he's enough. very valid. I mean, that is a very valid justification. Yeah.
0: Uh, so Toromoto's is like, yeah, uh, and this is my buddy. He's been like this since he was little. Koko doesn't have any of that lame hazing ritual stuff, so he said he'd join with me. And, uh, you know, Tor... uh, He... Sorry. Horoguchi says, this kind, you know, trying to start a new team from scratch is scary, but the whole... I bet the whole team is starry-eyed, but secretly looks down on me. So he's one of those kind of guys. But uh, Tormo said, well, yeah, but you said, okay, then I'll join Koko and you looked really excited. And he's like, shut up. I don't get paused about anything. Shut up. So, uh, and he, he he like brings up their private conversations, which is like, dude, come on, dude. Check with him if he's okay with that. Because he's like, yeah, you said I'll be okay with joining because you're joining too, Tiger. Uh, did, didn't you say that? Come on. It's like, sh- sh- shut up. Shut up. That was for you to hear. Only you. Dude, come on. Get the hint. Shut up. So Torimo says, like, yeah, sorry, guys. He's not very good at showing his real feelings. Uh, but come on. You want to join the team, right? And Eventually, he's finally like, yeah, I want to join. And then they're like, OK, welcome to the team. <laughs> two new members. That was well, half a chapter. Two new members. Woo! <laughs> um, then uh, Tsubaki is like, oh, hey, you play second. Well, don't go thinking you're a big shot just because you got scouted. On this team, you obey me don't say mean things to me <laughs> it's just like the most like oh you're actually very self-conscious so yeah but uh surugi kind of like shuts him up because he's clearly going to scare the guy off kareen uh is very happy to see such a you know lively interaction between the teammates and so hey they've got two new team members and they've filled out their entire infield now they just need the two more outfielders to basically complete their starting lineup uh People see them out practicing, and they're like, oh, yeah, they've gotten some really good players with them. Uh, Their their pitcher turned down uh, Hakuo. Uh, And uh, Rito says, like, you know, in the beginning, we only just had the faintest glimmer of hope, but now we've got such amazing teammates. Maybe, just maybe, this isn't just a dream. Reviving the nine dragons and even beating Hakuo. And so our series ends
1: on. <laughs> <laughs> and then they hit a baseball into the air, and that's uh, the two page spread. We then cut
0: over to Hakuo Academy to see um, the pitcher who is on the team instead of Ryuo, uh, Shiro Shiratori, who has eyes that look creepy. And uh, they're like, oh, man, it's Hakuo's ace. We're counting on you. Yeah, Shiro, one more pitch. But Shiro says, no, I think we should stop. Yoshimi, your mitt's falling apart. And you can spot that all the way from the pitcher's mound to behind home plate. And they're like, wow, well, his eyesight is so cool and collected. And he's been Hakuo's ace since he was a first year. He's so good. We don't know what year he is, by the way. They just say he's their ace. But anyway, uh, then... Uh, Jiro Shiratori approaches Shiro and says, father wants to see you. So, yeah, he's the son of the director of the academy. And presumably this means that his older brother is actually the team's head coach. So there is definitively, you know, a legacy going on here. So Shiro leaves the team and uh, he walks into a resource room and he sees, oh, wow. The room's filled with articles about every single time we lost, the scores of each practice game we lost, all the responses from every recruiter who turned us down, our hall of shame. And uh, as he goes through, he comes to a man who is standing under a spotlight because that's how people, you know, go into rooms. They're just mm-hmm. like, I must stand under this spotlight. God, it's hard to see anything else. Oh, my eyes! <laughs> And we are introduced to Shiro and Jiro's father, Kiyoshi Shiratori, the director of the Academy. And he says, A man who can talk about his past defeats with a smile is no king. A beating one year ago. A a humiliation ten years ago. A failure fifty years ago. If you can look back on such things without seething inside and Shiro completes the line for him, you may as well slit your own throat. And so... Shiro's father says Hakuo has tasted humiliating defeats three times in the past. The name of the team responsible is on High School. And now, once again, that school is on the rise. Even worse, one of their core players rejected Hakuo. And he puts his, he puts his hand against the glass casing over one of the articles, which is talking about on being Hakuo and he just puts his hand all the way through it and shatters the glass around his hand.
1: My, my boy, what happened? Community. I got blinded by the lights, and I think I broke something. I feel glass. I'm going to cut myself. Uh, Help me. <laughs> I've cut my limb ribbons. Curse you, kooker You <laughs> You'll pay for this.
0: For this humiliating defeat, I will <laughs> hold this in my soul forever. Uh, assuming
1: I don't die from the shock. <laughs> oh, by clenching my fist in anger, I pushed more glass into my palm.
0: <laughs> so he says to Shiro, I want you to investigate Kokru Find out if they're a real threat. And um, I guess he th- throws the article at... Shiro somehow because it goes or maybe it just kind of drifts out of the shattered casing towards him and Shiro snaps his hand as he says understood your wish is my command father and he has cut the article directly down the middle and it lands in two pieces behind him so where was this like seven chapters ago seriously like this over the top villain baseball team bullshit
1: (laughs) We had to build up the team one player at a time until that was taking too long. So let's do two. Um, Which, by yeah, the way, is... we, the, at least the other three players we just got were teased out. The last two players, if we even get them, are just going to be like, and Chuck and Murphy came later. <laughs> like, they, to, like, what? Chuck and Murphy. they just they decided they wanted to play one day and they were okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Chuck yeah. is an alien. Like they wait till the end, the craziest ones. And this was my- Murphy's. Murphy was a battle bot. They taped a glove to.
0: <laughs> this is probably my least re- uh, favorite recruitment that the uh, the cooker Yuzon had done, but it's my favorite chapter of the series overall in a little while. Just because, like, oh, what the hell is this insanity? It's baseball.
1: <laughs> You're not even the coach. I I I love the idea of taping up every single time your team lost to create a wall of shame, a hall of shame. It's, it's both sides of the room that you have to walk down every time and like that being a motivating thing. And not like halfway down the hall, you're just like, this is a lot of effort for fucking high school baseball. I know it's a bigger thing here than in most countries. This is still way too extra for
0: this. Have you ever seen... Any of the Mighty Ducks franchise?
1: Uh, I'm sure I saw a couple of them when okay. I was in grade school, but
0: I don't really remember much about them. I'm just I've, I've been thinking a lot about it because I've actually been watching the uh, TV show mm-hmm. that's on Disney Plus. Now, it's actually good. Are they good? OK, it's surprisingly good. Um, but uh, in the first movie, there is a bit where uh, Emilio Estevez is interacting with uh, the opposing team's coach. Who was his coach when he was in peewee hockey? And they're looking around the home ice of the opposing of the, you know, bad guy team. And they're showing like all the banners of all the times they've won the, you know, the district championship or whatever. And there's one second place banner from the time that Emilio Estevez missed the penalty shot that would have, <laughs> you know, won won it for them. And so he suffered humiliating defeat like on the day his father died. Like oh, it was this, you know, the lowest moment in his life. And he was a 10 year old hockey player. And so the coach is just talking with him and he, and he points at the second place banner amidst all these other championships he's like, you know, sometimes I wish they'd take that one down. He's
1: like, this is pee-wee hockey. <laughs> Why do you guys care?
0: That was the worst humiliation of my entire pee Wee hockey coaching career at the time we got second places in the championship. <laughs> so oh man. But yeah, I loved it. So
1: <laughs> yeah, I I I honestly. I, I like the chapter. I don't even feel that it necessarily sped up that much. I because I, I I feel like at this point we like we can't spend four chapters and all these characters like recruiting them and even a chapter a character like once you reach the end of it you're just like these characters like here's the thing I think both these characters have cool storyline potential but that'll play off in the theoretical world where the series keeps going down the line. There's gonna be a cool moment. Where after that dude went up to bat and he fucking whiffed it going for a hit and just struck out in a big moment, he's going to get that big home run. It's going to be very cool. And then, like, the little nervous kid steals a pace and everyone's super excited. Those moments are going to be there, but we don't need like three chapters devoted to them or even a full chapter Mm -hmm. devoted to them. I'm fine with them sharing essentially a half chapter or whatever. Uh, It really, in my mind, is just like, I really want the next two characters to just show up. They were like, they're just in the, they're like, Hey, we have our first game and Chuck and Murphy just joined us or whatever. Yeah. It's a shame
0: because like, we're at this point now where we're both pretty sure that nine dragon balls, dragons parade is going to probably get canceled soon. Yeah. Um, And uh, I do think that, yeah, like you, that there is a lot of potential in like this setup for an enemy team. Uh, like you can, I can just imagine like, because like, Uh, the coach is the older brother that like, he was probably part of the defeat 10 years ago that their father talks about. And so like, he carries that with them and he's like, I can't, you know, I've got to, you know, coach this team to perfection so that, you know, I, I will live up to my father's expectations and stuff like that. And yeah, it's just like, yeah, we're probably not going to get a lot of character exploration that we probably would have now. So it's unfortunate it is
1: what it is
0: i believe that we said we were going to talk about mashal next no dr stone if we're not we're changed yeah right.
1: okay we're, we're doing
0: the the second half we'll stay the same for now okay dr stone time chapter to get stone nick chapter z equals 196 scientist all alone we get a full color opening uh with suika at the front you know re-establishing that She's got to work hard and make the revival fluid for everyone. Uh, and she mimics uh, Senku drawing E equals MC squared in blood on her uh, poncho thing. And then, since it's a chapter all about Suika, we get a two page spread of nobody but Senku <laughs> going, ah! <laughs> Like, don't you fuckers forget, I'm the protagonist of this <laughs> I come back this chapter. Me! Me. <laughs> and nothing else important happens. So, Suika starts going over the recipe that Senku has given instructions for, and she's kind of struggling to go through it, but she's like, oh, thank goodness I learned to read. <laughs> Which is like, it's a good point, because he's using scientific terminology and stuff, so... But she says, I mean, this is still really difficult to follow. Like, I can actually read it, but understanding it is very different. So she's kind of peering closely at it, and she's like, "Okay, it seems that there's actually three different methods of creating this nitric acid that I need to create uh, the revival fluid." So she's like, "Okay, option three. no, that's that that that's a no go. And it says it'll take really long time, and I want to see everyone it as soon as possible. So we're just gonna put this." back in Senku's <laughs> pocket. I love the little details. Like, we're just going to put it right back here as opposed to just like putting it aside. It's a nice little touch. So she's very optimistic at the beginning. She's like, Suika's first science project. holding her arms up and stuff. And she says, I don't really understand what the directions say, but I'm going to work hard. It has got to work. And I'm going to be reunited with everyone. And uh, we get a brief montage of her, Using scientific tools and not really knowing how to do stuff properly. Shocking herself with wires and everything. And uh, eventually she's just kind of surrounded by failed experiments. Feeling really down on herself. And uh, she looks over to Chrome and Seku is like, man, you guys were always doing really tricky, difficult stuff like this. And I can't do it. It's too hard. Uh, And so she's feeling down on herself because like I can't be helpful after all. But then she spots the piece of paper she slipped back into Senku's, I gotta say pocket, in, his, in the flap of his clothes. And he's like, well, I ignored this option before, but this might be the only way, even if it does take a long time. And then she immediately says, like, oh, I have to get a lot of poop for this. Great. Anyway,
1: and we meet the best character in the entire series and my MVP this week.
0: It is a copy bar. The cafe right.
1: bar pooping. Well, I, I assume that's already a gif on our, our uh uh an emoji on our Discord because it is great. It is a cafe bar and it's pooping and it can represent a lot of things.
0: Yeah. Um they are in
1: South America, so yeah, that's why. I mean bar. yeah,
0: cafe bar. I don't believe that this one is at risk of uh going crazy and rampaging and destroying
1: everything though. So well. was there one that did that? Raging Maru. Oh, right, 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 right. That is true. That is true. I was thinking uh, of the time-traveling Capybara who farts. I know you were. So bonus pot.
0: So Suika gathers the Capybara's <clears throat> stool, but she's immediately like, this isn't nearly enough. Poop. And then she's like, I guess I could make my own. No, 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 not an option. But then she spots. I, I mean,
1: I know the notions that she's going to need more poop, but at the same time, is the notion she suggests there, well, oh, I'm just never going to poop again. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, like you're, you're pooping somewhere. You don't have plumbing, I assume, in this new world. So why not poop into the bucket and use your own poop? I don't understand.
0: Uh, also, she is a small girl. It would take her a long time to produce
1: them amount. Again, I'm not saying the amount isn't the issue. I don't know why she just is like, no, I could never. But she spots some uh,
0: gulls or pelicans of some sort flying overhead, and show so she realizes, oh, and she looks in on, at Chelsea's map again. And sees that there is actually a little island that she marked that is great for gathering bird guano. And she's like, yeah, there's I guess there's plenty of freaking poop over here that I can use for this. And so she does what Senku uh, has instructed her to do, mixing it up with burnt vegetation and burying the mixture for a year. And she's like, oh my god, this is going to take so long Uh but uh, we get narration saying that, you know, this method is actually the traditional one used in Sengoku period, Japan. Um, and while the goal may seem far off, following every step one at a time leads to success, such as the path of science. Uh, so she keeps at it. Uh, and she's like, OK, next I got to like burn seashells to do a thing. And so she is having trouble following the directions. So she makes a roadmap the way that Chrome and Senku would do on a big bagel uh, leaf. Uh, and she figures like, oh, okay, I got get this, 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 and this in order to make finally the revival fluid. And we get another montage of her tending over, you know, preparing the acid of uh, with the, the guano buried gathering seashells from the river, picking berries. And she's just thinking to herself as she's working at it. I just have to keep testing. Even if a whole year of work ends in failure over and over and over again. And of course, if things failed after one year and she had to try over and over again, it's time. It's the moment that everyone said would happen. And I was like, I don't know if that'll happen. But no, it happened. And I guess we're just going to have to believe it won't be that bad. Senku wakes up. Or rather, he's been awake the entire time, because he's fucking Senku. Mm.
3: Uh,
0: And he has been counting seconds, as he does. And he reaches 236,109,750 seconds, and then keeps on counting past that. But then Revival Fluid gets dropped on him, and the stone around him starts to break. And the first thing he sees is a teenage Suika. And Suika apologized for making Senku wait so long. And she says, you might not even recognize me anymore. But Senku just says, you sure made yourself useful, Suika.
1: Took and you he... long enough. And, <laughs> and then he pushes into the ground. And said... <laughs> All right, see ya.
0: <laughs> and he gets up and Suika is so happy to see one of her friends uh, awake again that she immediately hugs him. And Senku says, it's only been seven years, huh? You worked quick there you go so suika is a teenager now which uh oh no um oh no i found but, the best but... way to
1: deal with it's just not think about it
0: um okay yeah that's something that's a good and you know what i will say this like i'm trying to think of this in terms of like, okay, how is this actually going to affect Suika as a character? Because she's no longer just going to be like, Oh, cute little mascot thing. And people are kind of saying like, she's not going to be able to do her, like hide inside of her melon helmet and roll around things. Like you don't know that it's a manga. Maybe yeah. she can't, she just needs the melon helmet again. It's been broken. That's the only reason she can't do it. Um, And you know, like this is obviously going to change the dynamic that Suika has with the rest of the cast. And you know what? I'm going to choose to believe that there is a reason why Suika solely has been aged up in this way beyond just Boichi got an idea in his head and he kept on poking at Ina until It was like, let me draw her seven years older, dude. Let me draw her seven years older. Um,
1: it would be such a weird move if that was his, his end goal, too, because you're just like, it's not as though the series has a shortage of female characters for you to draw in lewd ways. Like, we, we make them up all the time. There's a girl in a cat suit who has done nothing else but be a, a fan service vehicle for you. Yeah, But they're not wearing melon helmets. Well, you could have
0: had someone else wear Suica's
1: helmet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just him like, oh, wow, shouldn't have not say it. I realized I guess I could
0: have. Oh. Oh, all right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like this theory, I mean, one character solely being aged up in this way. Well, and I guess the dog got aged up, too, but whatever um could lead to different interactions between the cast and maybe our character will be slightly different we'll see how that goes I hope that it is for reasons beyond the one that everyone has been saying it's going to be about so yeah and I this, this was a good chapter by the way
1: so. yeah I think it's a very good chapter um I'll be curious to see where we go from here I'm just excited that Zinku's back and we're gonna we're gonna get things going again I want to find out the consequences of everything basically uh, because
0: obviously yeah I mean like everything being put on hold for seven years is going to really affect stuff how the hell are things going to be going over at the village and all that Um, and uh, how are things going to affect what they're going to do with Y-Man so yeah
1: alright Nick let's talk about magic or Mashal, Magic and Muscles chapter 62 Mash Burn Dead and the Great Danger so we're introduced, <laughs> we're introduced to Cell Wars as greetings to all of you and then uh, kind of casts a spell that seems to stop time. Everything goes reflected in reverse for a moment, and then suddenly uh, there's an army of guys just standing around M.A.S.H. I'm sorry. I just realized
0: that fucking owl that stole his cream puff is frozen
1: in mid-air. I just wish the, the owl had had a cream puff when they did it.
0: <laughs> the remains of, of M.A.S.H.'s cream puff. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh but there is a whole group of people it looks like from this image we can see four it looks like uh we can see yeah. cell war and then two other people be uh besides innocent zero sorry uh so innocent zero goes up and grabs mash along like the cheek and is like you are so beautiful i didn't think i'd find you alive the despair i felt when i thought i lost you my dear sweet son, bom, bom, bom. once I've absorbed you, I'll be complete. Let us go. And uh, then someone yells out, stop. And who should it be but Walberg? who says, I am not going to simply hand him over. And uh, we get narration saying, the old man doesn't blink an eye at dark magic capable of stopping time. But we were already prepared for you, Walberg." I've got scissors. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy whose gimmick seems to be having scissors walks up and then gets the mental image that he is just being bisected by an axe. And he's like, holy shit, is that that dude's rage? What the fuck's going on?
2: Don't run with scissors, young man.
1: <laughs> and Wahlberg's just like, ho, oh, oh, that scares you. Then back off, you ins- insignificant speck. And the dude's like, uh... <laughs> So Innocent Zero's like, oh, don't treat my harlies so harshly, Wahlberg. You'll make me sad. So Wahlberg's like, all right, what's your true what's your true goal here? And he's like, My goal is only to become the perfect human. Undying, forever beautiful, powerful. That's all I want. What banal goals? You would sacrifice countless lives for that. And then uh Oh, I guess that's actually Wahlberg saying that. The speech bubbles look like it was coming from him. Uh, Wahlberg's just, like, stealing magic, causing suffering, even killing. And what's the problem? I don't don't get why it's so hard to understand. My family exists for my sake. Mash Burn Dead is no different. He exists for me. He's mine, so I'm taking him home. And, uh, Wahlberg just says it would seem we're destined to be opposed. Mash Burn Dead will become this world's beacon of hope and if you wish to take him, you must get past me first and we see he has those triple lines start bleeding through, just like we saw with Rain a while ago as he's summoning his wand. And then Innocent Zero is doing the same thing. It's been decades since we last crossed wands. And they summon their wands. Wahlberg's summoning Uranus, god of sky. And uh, Innocent Zero summoning Crotos, the god of time. They both activate their bankais.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so. <laughs> Uh this is uh, kind of continuing the uh thing of like really powerful wands and stuff being named after like Greek gods Cause we saw Ares uh before mm-hmm. um Cronos so I'm curious trying to remember if he is at all related to the Titan Cronos, but uh Cronos has been confused with or perhaps consciously identified with the Titan Cronus who was uh associated he was like a uh, zeus's father so i was trying to figure out if there was some sort of like specific connection between their wands and the uh, one of the one Greek of them Pantheon sense.
1: yeah so, isn't uh, like or people, Roman Pantheon. I, I was gonna say i've heard people saying uranus is the father of chronos so people were suggesting the idea that maybe this is like the family line like here walberg mm-hmm. innocent zero mash like that might be what the implication is kind of here
0: uh, he has a Uranus mated with a guy and she gave birth to the 12 times, including Cronus, uh, whose name at least bears a similarity to Chronos, the God of time. Uh, so, but, uh, yeah, um, it's, uh, you
1: know, there's no jokes. 12. There's no jokes in this yeah. chapter. <laughs> no,
0: it's a very straightforward chapter. Um, it's revealing a lot of stuff or at the very least suggesting a lot of stuff about mash's actual, uh, background, but I do appreciate the detail that, like, everyone is frozen in time. So no one is privy to this conversation that uh, they're having. So nobody knows about this stuff that they've just dropped on the audience. It's uh, even though they're having the conversation right in front of them. It's a nice little game, uh, oh, yeah. setup. So I like it. Yeah, they're going to throw down. We'll see how that goes. So Let's move on to One Piece. Chapter 1013, Anarchy in the BM, (Parentheses Big Mom, which is an odd title, but it is the title. So, yes. uh, Nami uh, just freaking smacked <laughs> smacked Ulti across the face with her climb attack, uh, and it did knock her to the ground. But uh, Usopp is, silly, is like, what are you thinking, Nami? We, we've, got, we've got to run. You can't fight her. <laughs> Uh, he's also cradling, uh, Tama, who seems like she's just been completely knocked unconscious by when Ulti slapped her. She's bleeding from the mouth. Uh, but Nami's like, I mean, she was going to chase us either way. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Big Mama's freaked out that Tama's been injured. Ulti immediately gets up to her feet. Uh, Nami starts using her climb attack and all of the onlookers are like look at her she's twirling a baton are you gonna use cheerleading to fight Lady Ulti and then she shoots her with a tornado (laughs) (laughs) but uh, we don't even see Ulti actually well I guess like she like shouldn't pose out of the way basically because we see like a very brief zip and her disappearing from the shot and when she reappears she just grabs Nami by both arms and she's like now you can't get away Now you understand what's going to happen, right? I can finally pulverize your skull! And she just rears back for a point blank headbutt. And then Big Mom uses her triple finish. (laughs) She gathers together uh, Napoleon and Prometheus and Hera and combines them together into Mazer Cannon! Maze? I don't get it. She shoots I mean, a laser. I was gonna
1: say the other main attack I remember Big Bomb ever using was Happy Mother's Blaze. So maybe it's Mazer Cannon.
0: Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe.
1: um, so that takes Salty
0: down. <laughs> Big old giant laser knocks, uh, just pierces her right through the abdomen and then explodes uh, the wall behind her. And uh, the three uh, soul items are all celebrating together. Like, yeah, we did it, t- Mama! Uh, and Big Mom, of course, is pissed off at at, uh, at Ulti for hurting uh, Otama. The people looking at her are like, I thought we were in an alliance with Big Mom. This is scary. Otama so, uh, is like, we should run. Otama, uh, of course, is worried about Komachio, But Otama is like, look, we can't do anything about that right now. We'll come back later. And then... Nami spots Zeus coming around the court. and Zeus is kind of like, because he has spotted uh, Hera, and uh, they're all, of course, chum, she's all chummy chummy with uh, Mama's other soul items, and uh, Prometheus is like taking credit for it, like, hey, you know, you're here because I asked, I asked Mama for a girlfriend, so, and she's like, no, he's like, oh. <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, Zeus is looking at all this and he's like, who's that girl, mama? Oh, who is she? And then he spots Nami and he's like, Hey, Nami. And she just immediately like turns away from him. (laughs) And so Zeus is sad again. So big mom's like, Oh, there you are, Zeus.
2: Uh, oh, yeah, so we've got a new member, right, Mama? Yeah, we'll be a tough foursome working for you, right?
0: No! I don't need you anymore. <laughs> and uh, Prometheus starts talking down as he saying, you left Mama to die, which, like,
1: I mean, come on. He was stuck in a box. <laughs> he
0: didn't have a choice in the matter. He
1: was ready to find any excuse to get rid of... Uh... Zeus, oh, yeah. basically, so he get a girlfriend who wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> yeah,
0: is, he's like, this is still preferable. Uh, And then Big Mom says, eat Zeus Hera, because his soul will make you even stronger. And Amelia Zeus is like, why? <laughs> but she just immediately goes and bites him on the butt and starts to eat him. And Mom is like, uh, because Zeus is like, oh, listen, don't kill me. I'll just, you know, I'll leave you alone. I'll never bother you again. And mom's like, I've got, I put my soul in you. That'd make you a soul thief. So no, let her eat you. Give me, give me, make me stronger. And uh, then she turns towards uh, Otama and she's like, right? Which is, I mean, I don't even know what she's even like looking to her for agreement for. But she sees that Otama's being carried away. So she just snatches him her out of uh, Usopp's hands And is like, I'm going to put you somewhere else. You stay right there. Those are the straw hats and I hate them. Uh, She begs them, big mom, to leave them alone. Uh, And Zeus calls out to Nami at that point, as he's got like big old bites eaten out of him already. He calls to her saying like, I'm sorry I tried to kill you before. I was a coward and I couldn't disobey mama. I was trying to save myself, but I'm just, I'm sorry. And Nami's like, I don't care i told you we'll never be friends again and Zeus says i know but they won't take me back either and i'm alone
2: and they're gonna kill me and i don't want everyone to hate me when i die so he says it's fine if you don't forgive me just watch i'm going to rebel for the first and last time at least i can make it up to
0: one person as i die and he starts getting all black and stormy and lightning's coming off of him and he's like run for safety nami this is how
2: i want to be remembered and nami calls out zeus
0: and big mom grabs zeus and he's like oh i ran out of energy <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't work at all and uh she starts to take his uh soul to give it to Hera. Um and so Nami in that at the last minute is like oh you're so useless fine come on Zeus here I'm gonna give you some black balls one last gift eat these and try to get away but it doesn't matter his soul's being sucked out he won't even eat his favorite snack and Hera just eats them instead oh no she doesn't eat them she just eats Zeus that's that's right so so Hera's is even stronger now so things are really bad for the Straw Hats uh. Um, they snatch up Tama again because they ran around big mom, I guess. Uh, so they try to run away and big mom is just like, Oh, Tom, why are you running from me? I hate it. When people leave me, it means I have to kill them, <laughs> which it's big mom logic for you right there. She tries to attack them. She comes down with Napoleon and then a metal hand grabs the blade and kid Smashes her into the ground with a big old metal hand because he has arrived and uh, he's gonna fight her now uh-huh. because um, yeah he's much more on Big Mom's level than Nami and are so yeah uh, everyone's shocked by Kid's appearance he tells the straw has to get lost and then we cut away to one last scene the roof of the Skull Dome where Kaido is disappointed. <sighs> Because the outcome was obvious to him. You gained a powerful weapon and let it go to your head, boy. Human beings don't give up hope. No, they can't give up hope. That's the problem. It's been a long time since I got worked up like this. I failed. I should have simply cut off your head and announced my victory to everyone. And as he covers up his eyes with his hand, we cut to Luffy, who is seemingly unconscious and falling over the side of the of Onigashima, as Kaido says, because now they'll keep believing that you're going to win, won't they? And uh, we're not getting a chapter next week, so we have to uh, <laughs> wait a while to find out uh, if uh, Luffy hits the water and dies, which he definitely will. So,
1: yep, this is how One Piece ends, guys. They said it was gonna end in five years, didn't say when, yeah. it's just it could have been any time, yeah.
0: So, uh a lot focus on uh the stuff with uh the big mom group this chapter uh, uh. S- switching up how that's going to play out and stuff um it did definitely look like zeus just got straight up eaten but i'm sure that that can be reversed because it's uh. one piece and almost nobody dies so uh, it also
1: would feel like so. a weird way to not give zeus cut co- like Oda doesn't seem to do that sort of thing like oh I'm going to set up Nami needs extra lightning oh Zeus is going to definitely betray Big Mom because they replaced him oh it looks like he had his down like how fucking dark would it be if the Zeus just got eaten and that's the end of his story And <laughs> everyone's yeah. like oh, oh okay
0: Zeus's body is still around it seems because Big Mom had him in her hand and then she pushed the soul into Hera's mouth so maybe Potentially his soul can just be put back inside. Potentially. uh, We'll see. Yeah.
1: Um, So I know some people have been kind of bummed because at the moment it looks like Ulti may have been out. And people are like, oh, so that's another straw hat fight. That's not going to happen. I am kind of operating under the belief that nobody's down until explicitly said otherwise. Mm -hmm. Like, I just assume this is kind of an easy way to justify why. Nami and Usopp are going to be able to defeat super strong characters like Ulti and, and Page mm-hmm. One. Because Page One isn't down, and I I feel like they're not going to set up Page One to lose or to have his own fight if Ulti's not. So I assume there's still going to be a fight. I don't know if it's going to necessarily be the tag team fight they kind of suggested earlier. Um, but it's probably still... I think it's still going to happen. I'm not 100% certain. I just think it is. Because um, One Piece characters get fucking, like good at all the time and get back up more or less uh the part that is bandages you're good the part that bums me out right now is that at the moment it looks like kid's gonna be able to fight big mom and might potentially be the one to defeat her which if that's the case I really hope that's not the I I, I hope at the very least law has to show up to help because I was like, Mm. it does feel like it would be real disrespectful. if The legacy of Big Mom is that she gets beat by fucking kid kid, who I know they emphasize like he has uh, Conqueror's Hockey, too, I believe, and things like that. But just one of those things is like, I don't know. I feel like she deserves more than to get beat by someone who, (laughs) truth be told, Oda spent a little too long finally getting to for the payoff, basically. So
0: right. It'd be also a pretty big, it'd be a weird change up from the five supernovas were barely holding their own against Big Mom and Kaido, but then split them up and Kid can take on Big Mom on his own without a whole lot changing about their respective strength levels. So, yeah. But we'll see how things play out. And I am very bad at predicting stuff in one piece while not try to. Okay, there you go. Alright. Favorite chapter in MVP. Let's wrap up the show.
1: Uh, my favorite chapter this week I think is gonna go to Undead Unlock. I thought it was a really good chapter this week. I like the little conversation. It's actually, for the first time, made me like Shen. I always thought Shen was kind of a meh character and this is the first time that I was like, alright, I, I, I could dig this guy. I like the chapter. I like the, the way the ending is making me think as well.
0: I'm gonna give mine to Dr. Stone. Okay. I really like the uh, just the progression of it, and I do like that it did follow through on the message of like, yeah, anyone can do science. I mean, you know, that's the entire point of it. I yep. mean, it did take Suki a long time,
1: but she did it. So, uh, and I'll go with you then uh, with Doctor Stone for my MVP. Uh, Capybar pooping. Uh, I want that placed on the list. You can't stop me. I have free reign. No one can control me. I am my own person. I am He's- not a slave to the machine. <laughs>
0: Gone mad with power. The ten years have gone to bed.
1: Head. <laughs> no one can stop me. I can vote whoever I want to be MVP. Uh, no, I'm actually going to give it to uh, Magu, I think. I, th- I thought Magu Chan was actually really funny this week. It was very sweet.
0: Him, and I'm, I should say specifically. And I'm going to give mine to the ingenious phantom thief Mar for her brilliant plan of using tape recorders and hooks on the ceiling <laughs> to confound her enemies. Uh, no, I'm not, 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 going
1: uh, to not going that. to. Okay.
0: No, okay. I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm going to give my MVP to. What can you think of mine to Uh from undead unlock? <laughs> I thought that. Uh...
1: What? No, I'm sorry. I could just see Ninja currently filling out cafe bar pooping in the spreadsheet. And then having to be like, <laughs> God damn it. Like, Cause I like the delays enough that he only heard capy bar pooping and is now like, God damn it. He picked someone else. <laughs>
0: I'm going to give mine to May from Undead Unlock uh, for the ghostly conversation she had with uh, with Shen.
1: Okay. So. The audience, by the way, picked Magu-Chan God of Destruction as their chapter of the week. And Lady Nagant as their character of the week, which I totally get. Yeah.
0: There are quite a few uh, just like good chapters this week. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. All right, guys. That is going to do it for our show this week. We want to thank you all for joining us. For the first of hopefully another 10 years of Weekly Manga Recap.
1: Yep. Stay tuned, guys. Next week, we're reading Skip Beat. <laughs>
0: yep. All of it. Uh, <laughs> you can check out more episodes of our show on uh, Podbean, weeklymangarecap.podbean.com, as well as on Spotify, iTunes, basically wherever podcasts can be found. Look for Weekly Manga Recap. Video versions of the show are also available on YouTube. As they are recorded right here on twitch.tv slash Wednesdays, starting around 7.30 to 8.00 Eastern time is when we begin. You can join the Discord community to find out exactly when we are going to start the show, or also follow us on Twitter at RoloT, at NickFTime, at WMRPodcast, are the three accounts. On the Discord community, you can also participate in conversations that have to do with the chapters, the recommendations that we're going through, the weekly series that we go through all the time. Uh, there's also community uh, games on Saturday mornings, uh, and uh, you can also use that to find the Google Doc that is maintained by Ninja x 3 i that keeps track of all sorts of stats associated with the show, including series that we have taken as recommendations, and also you can add your own recommendations to it and ask us questions for an eventual Q&A episode. Yes. Yeah. thank Everyone who helps make the show what it is, those of uh, those of you who just listen to us and have for all this time, people who support us on Patreon and allow us to create bonus content for you guys to enjoy, patreon.com slash Weekly Manga Recap, we record a bonus episode where uh, Chris mm. told me things that I rather would not have known. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> yes, it's the sexy episode, because with that, who knows what's going to it? it's a sexy, misleading episode, you never know what's going to be in it.
0: That's right. Uh, Steve Mann, our talk. So his artwork wherever boobs are allowed to be drawn on the Internet and the creators of the opening sequence for the video version of the podcast, Winsley Dale Jenner and Milo Jack Stillitz.
1: Yep, that's going to do it. Uh, so thus, we have now ended 10 years of Weekly Manga Recap um how do you think we compared to the infinity saga in the mcu because that was another 10-year project
0: yeah, i guess it was yeah um well we didn't have that moment where uh captain america picks up mjolnir and everyone goes ah! oh
1: so... don't we How about cool would it have been if I'd had it just sitting there the whole time? I had nothing. I have nothing down here. That's why I had to leave early. I forgot my water somewhere. Mm. If I did, (laughs) holy shit.
0: Well, so I guess uh, you can say that uh, the MCU is much better at planning ahead than we have always been, because uh, we are still kind of doing this show by the seat of our (laughs) our pants.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we're a well-oiled machine, and no, no one can say any different. You jerks.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't say anything there because I was too busy drinking some water. So oh, uh, I wasn't we really, the...
1: we've got to fix our chemistry, Nick. Yeah. Ten years and we still don't have it. Damn. Nope. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>